0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: As Tyrese Halliburton, you've got to be better after the Pacers lost last night at Miami. Rick Carlisle talking about finishing. Have that consistency from start to finish. Didn't have it last night. And. Another loss, haven't won a road game since before Christmas. Matt Painter started it off with, you know, having to go through some things. Lost to Indiana. Now they got to bounce back uh, tonight against Iowa. We'll see if they can do that. I'm Vince Welch with Dane Fife and our producer, Jimmy Cook. Welcome to the fan on a Thursday afternoon. NBA trade deadline today, 3 o'clock. Are the Pacers going to do anything between now and 3? Wouldn't expect anything from an earth-shattering perspective, but don't be surprised if maybe we see a little something on the fringes. I, I would anticipate it because, Dane, as I watched the Pacers and again last night kind of had the same thoughts about things they need, and why not? I mean, why stand Pat? Or do you get where you want to get by standing Pat? Because as, as I look at it, the Pacers, they, and it happened again last night, got crushed on the boards. They, they don't have a good rebounding team they struggle in stopping uh the dribble drive to the basket and they don't have a guy that gets to the basket off the dribble drive breaking down somebody from the perimeter uh, with an aggressive finish and I don't know Matherin I think can be that guy but he only played four minutes in the second half last night so what do you do? I mean, so much of the the Pacers' offense last night started late in the clock or later in the clock and well outside the three-point line, and they were having trouble getting inside against that Miami defense. So do you stand, Pat, or do you tweak
2: things a bit? Well, I think you stand, Pat, because I think it's important um, that we recognize they have a, a good team, a young team, that plays together, they seem to like each other, I think most importantly he seemed to enjoy being coached by coach Carlisle and his staff and the delicate part of this is what are you going to get when you go out free agency are you going to get a superstar that has an ego that's probably in most cases difficult to coach are you going to get what what are you going to get and what the concern They don't
1: need a superstar, though, do they? I mean, don't they need the guys that are going to do kind of some of the – they need a rebounder. I mean, they're getting beaten regularly on the boards. I mean, they gave up the second-chance points, killed them again last night against Miami. So uh, other than – you know, I I don't think rebounding is – my. I love Miles Turner, and I'm glad they extended him uh, another double-double for Miles last night. But the rebounding element is
2: not the strength of his game. I think the problem with getting a rebounder right now is – finding one that somebody's willing to give up. Those are the role players. Those are the guys that hold the team together. Those are guys like Draymond Green. Uh, And I always go to Draymond because I coached Draymond, but I know what he does for a team that doesn't show up on the stat sheet as much. And so what you're doing is you're asking somebody where, back to Draymond Green, he's not the best player, but he's probably the most valuable. Um, as weird as that probably sounds with the Warriors. And I know he's getting older. um, But that's what I think you're asking, is who's going to give up the kind of player that the Pacers probably really want? A coachable player, a glue-and-guts player, a player that's going to go and go after every rebound. I'm not sure you're going to find that. Mm. Valuable,
1: certainly, but... And I don't think the Pacers need to make a... Major, you know, I like their, I like their pieces, I, I like, but I'm just, I'm not sure. And and you know, Quinn Buckner made a comment on the telecast last night, and and I, and I thought it was a legitimate. T- uh, he and Chris Denary were having the conversation about uh, not being quite where Miami is in regards to their experience together, and the togetherness of the young Pacers team haven't you know Halliburton hasn't even been there well he's been there right out a year you know so these guys for the most part haven't even played together a year. so uh, are our expectations too high? Uh, are they going to get better at uh, defending the dribble drive or creating off the dribble so they're not late in the clock having to force up a defended three? but i still think in the in the when you get right down to and ultimately we look at this team wants to be a playoff team and you want them to be a playoff team in the playoffs you got to defend and rebound and i think those are the two biggest weaknesses for the pacers right now and i don't know how you get better with the same personnel unless those players obviously you want them to improve i see the potential of improving defensively a little bit better than seeing them improving from a rebounding perspective but
3: another Eastern conference opponent just got better. Shams Charania reports the Milwaukee bucks acquired Jay Crowder from the yep. book of nets for five second round picks. So there you go. I'll keep you updated on those throughout the day.
1: How, how about the trade? So the trade deadline is three o'clock this afternoon and you mentioned Draymond green. And I think that's interesting because I, I think Draymond is I- incredibly talented. If, if there's a knock on Draymond, it's maybe that, you know, he brings a little drama. He's a loose cannon. Yeah. He brings some drama to the, to the deal. But, uh, I, I think that's an interesting conversation and, and Marlon Jackson and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday in regards to Aaron Rodgers. You know, is the talent the, is he so talented that you overlook the drama that he brings? And I think with Draymond, you do the drama isn't so much that the talent doesn't overcome it. But how about what's going on with Brooklyn? And and your guy, uh your guy, uh Matt Ishba. Ishbia. Right? The, yeah, Ishba, ishbia. How do you say it? Ishbia. ishbia. Yep. Michigan State guy, and you know, he just bought the Suns for like you know, billions. And he's your guy, too. Yeah, and he is my guy. And he, uh, although I didn't pronounce his name correctly, but now he's my guy because now I know how to pronounce his name.
2: His old coach, Tom Izzo, still mispronounces his name, he's pronounced it every time he played at Michigan State. All right, not a great player, no, no, but walk on,
1: but he now owns the Phoenix Suns, and his first week on the job he throws out the uh hey rebuild us edict and now kevin durant is a member of the sun so now phoenix has chris paul old but still usable devin booker kevin durant aiton True. Uh, That's the a squad. uh the favorites the i mean they got to be the favorites in the west now i got to believe if not the overall favorite to win it all and this is a guy, I mean, he was a walk-on at Michigan State, and now he's got billions and he just bought the Phoenix Suns.
2: Well. Good for them. There, good for him. HBO Real Sports has an unbelievable segment on Matt Ishbia.
1: Tell, it, me, tell me about this guy.
2: Well, he, he grew up Birmingham, Michigan. He's the same age as myself. And, and, and I knew of him just because he was a good player. Around around the city, around we all kind of suburbs of Detroit, but I knew I, was, I knew him when he played it, played it, against him.
1: Let me. So you played against him in high school? Yeah.
2: No, I didn't. But
1: I just I knew. But of you him. knew of it? Yeah. Him, say in high school. So uh, for those that maybe aren't familiar with Dane's background, Mister Basketball in the state of Michigan, 1998. Not only Mister Basketball in Michigan, McDonald's All American. Keep going, big boy. Keep du- going, Duke. Indiana, Michigan State. Of course, there's Michigan schools because you were Mich- Michigan, Mister
2: Basketball. I had Vince Carter as my host at North Carolina. Shane Battier, my host at Duke. How about um, that? So why, why, how did you, how did you turn
1: down Michigan State and Michigan as a Michigan kid to go to Indiana? The general,
2: it's that simple. Was it Coach Knight was my guy, and uh,
4: from from childhood.
1: Guy, I mean, he yep. was your guy as a kid. So I, mean, you, I was
2: six years old. And I watched the Michigan-Indiana game at Michigan for the Big Ten Championship basketball. And I was so enamored by how Brent Musburger and Billy Packer talked about the gym. I think Indiana got beat by 30. They got run out of the gym. Right off the opening tip, Richard Relford from Michigan got the oh. ball and just went and dunked all over Indiana. I remember watching Coach Knight yell at Daryl Thomas and Winston Morgan and Todd Jadlow, and then he went at Steve Alford at the end of the game. But just how Brent Musker, Musburger and Billy Packard described Coach Izzo, or Coach Izzo, Coach Knight, um, just how they talked about Coach Knight in a way that It was just fascinating, you know, almost like a professor. And that hooked me. That hooked me with the Hoosiers. And
1: your dad was on staff at Michigan by the time you were a senior in high school.
2: Is that right? No, my dad was on staff, ironically, for the last undefeated. He coached against the last undefeated team in college basketball, which was Indiana. He was on the bench at the 1976 National Championship game he was on Michigan's bench with Johnny Orr. So
1: was he uh not pressuring but urging you to go
2: to an in-state school? Well at that point and, and my brother went to Michigan too but yeah. at that point Michigan had all of those sanctions ling- looming. Mm. Steve Fisher had mm. had been fired and so it was an easy decision not to go to Michigan all the Ed Martin scandal for those that recall. I don't think Jimmy yeah. was born yet. Mm gosh he doesn't have a gray hair. everybody's got a scandal though right i mean that's true some of some, but i didn't some quite understand come to i was young and naive yeah like jimmy is now and jimmy doesn't have a gray hair on him I it's know, it's thing, isn't it you think he's combing in some some <laughs> i know i think dye? he's so young he doesn't need to Jimmy, do you even have a mustache? I
3: don't know whether to take these as compliments or insults. I haven't do, decided yet. Do you even shave? I,
1: do shave, I do shave, Coach. I do. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, Vince Carter uh, hosted you in North
2: Carolina. Vince was my host. What was that like? Just incredible. And ant they had Antoine Jameson, mm. who th- those are two Hall of Famers. And what did they do? For, what'd you do on your on your? Nothing special. I wasn't a partier, uh-huh. and I just remember Vince's dorm room. It was just one big king size bed. It's all it was. Like there was just a narrow walkway around three sides of the bed. I, and then he had a closet with his dresser. But it was just one king size bed. Um, I loved my visit to Chapel Hill. Loved my visit to Duke. But That's a, uh, Chapel Hill's a beautiful campus. It is. Yeah. It really is. Um, I loved my visit to Michigan State. Yeah. The hardest coach to turn down was Coach Izzo, but he didn't. He didn't answer the phone. He, they were in practice, which made it a lot easier. You left him a voicemail. Yeah. So the so actually the hardest coach to talk to was Coach K. Yeah. I, I told him I was going to Indiana and it was quiet. You know I can uh, quiet for two seconds is one thing, but quiet for about eight or nine it's Ooh. like. Uh, All right. Coach K, you still there? Uh, <laughs> Did we get disconnected?
3: <laughs> <laughs> there is a update regarding that trade I mentioned earlier. It involves the Pacers. Okay. Indiana is acquiring Bucks, Jordan Awara, and two second rounders in this next Bucks three-way deal. So that was the deal that involves Jay Crowder ah. uh, heading to Milwaukee. So
1: and the Pacers are they giving? Jordan
3: Awara, they're getting Jordan Nwora and two second rounders. It doesn't say from Shams' latest tweet what the Pacers gave up. So I'll let you know when I have that, but that's who they're bringing in.
2: Does Nowora rebound enough
3: for I you? I was going to say, what does
1: he
2: do? What, it, fill me in, Jimmy, on what kind of player he is. Louisville. I think it's more about the, the second rounders, maybe?
3: Probably. Hmm. Noora this year hasn't hasn't registered minutes in a couple of games. His last outing was on the 31st of December. Six minutes, 14 minutes Size that. and weight? Yeah. 6'8", uh, six, six, 225. Hmm. Uh, 24 years old. Hmm. Yeah. Second rounder back in 2020. So... Take that for what you will. Uh, his minutes have been sporadic, anywhere from 6 to 14 uh, in the month of January.
2: I like the I like the move because you get the glue guys in the second round. You really do. You get the glue guys. You get the rebounders. You get the guts guys in the second round. <laughs> they used round. to have
1: like six or seven rounds. You know, now, I mean. I, that's points, why I didn't get drafted. Yeah. Five points and three rebounds. They just
3: game ran out of rounds? The they ran out of rounds.
1: <laughs> You said five points. Five
3: points and three rebounds in January. So uh,
1: there you go. I think
2: I'd rather talk about me, Vince.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Talk about you a little bit more. Jimmy's getting sick of it. You know, so uh, you tell Coach K you're not coming. Silence on the phone.
2: Um. did you, Dean Smith, yeah? To... Dean Smith had just retired. So it was Bill Guthridge? Yep. So Dean Smith retired in October and I made my decision in November.
1: How much of that decision when it was, um, did you, Dean Smith, yeah?
2: Dean to... Smith had just retired. So it was Bill Guthridge? Yep. So Dean Smith retired in October and I made my decision in November.
1: How much of that decision when it was because Dean Smith had retired? Zero. I yeah. was going to Indiana. I just, uh I was just enjoying the attention. So you uh, said no to Izzo, and then later you went back and were an assistant for Izzo for ten, ten seasons, years. ten years. It was the... how much did he give? How much crap did he give you about not uh, choosing him uh, to begin with as a player?
2: You know, not too much, not too much. Um, but it one it was one of the greatest lessons in life, honestly, that I ever I ever got uh, as it relates to. Kind of the working life, my working life, my adult life, that I could turn Tom Izzo down, and you know, as kids, like if you're not for me, you're against me. I mean, I know you're a, v- a big kid, yeah. And Jimmy, you're still a kid, unless otherwise. What is a kid? Define
3: me. a kid by age for me, please. Well, you
2: don't have a gray hair. You're barely shaving. I didn't ask you that. I said by age. I want a definition. So I can know when I finally arrived. I don't think age makes a difference okay okay I really don't yeah, you can okay. be a kid at no at, that's right regardless I that's think. right okay. have you ever seen Billy Madison I have seen you're <laughs> lucky <Yeah. If> you <laughs> didn't we'd have thrown you I out. understand I know so it was one of the it's it's one of the but if you're not for me you're against me it's one of the greatest lessons in my life where coach Izzo saw enough in me that he didn't hate me he was willing to hire me you know and I always kind of was taught, not taught, but I just always, if you're not for me, you're against me, you're my enemy. Mm. I'll never have anything to do with you again. And I just thought it just showed me like, okay, what's, what's Coach Izzo up to here? He's thinks enough of me that he's willing to hire me in his program after. It, it wasn't, you know, it was Mr. Basketball. It wasn't just some obscure guy turning down Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It was a, It was a polarizing moment and an embarrassing moment for one, so Shane Battier, the guy that was before me, uh, turned Michigan State down. It was public, and then the next Mister Basketball, mm. and so I just—it was just a great lesson to where, um, you know, people do things for a reason. It's not always personal. And it for me, turning down Coach Izzo to play for him was not personal. Um, and it—and you have to be able to get over things, and you can't hold grudges. I thought that was a, a big moment. One of the things I
1: enjoy and and this is you talk, this is I, I like the minutia of things. So one of the things I always w- like to watch uh, if I'm at a game uh, live or it always bugs me when they don't show it, if I'm watching TV, is the handshake line at the end of a game. <laughs> and because I think you can really, t- if you've been around, you can yep. really tell uh-huh. some things from yeah. the handshake line. Yep. So after you turn down Izzo and you go to Indiana, and then the next time you played mm-hmm. Michigan State, did he say anything to you in the handshake? Not necessarily anything yep. negative, but nope. I mean, was his...
2: Always, always professional. Always... I've known him since I was 12. He recruited yep. my brother Dugan, who was six years older than myself. Dugan also turned him down. But... <laughs> Man, he um, had to just been pissed at you guys. I know. Your family. That's
1: what I thought. He hated the Fives.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, no, he was always great. He got a little ticked off during a game once when I was playing against him because I was big on um, learning the other team's plays. And so I'd watch him, you know, live game action. I'd watch him trying to deliver a play call because I was trying to gain an advantage, and he snapped at me. He sniped at me. I don't know exactly what he said, but I know it wasn't friendly. <laughs> Quit staring at me, you... <laughs> so, uh, we're buds now, though. We're buds now. Hmm. When was the last
1: time you talked to him?
2: Uh, two days ago. Really? Yeah. Nice. I talked to him quite a bit. Um, he's been with me every step of the way. He's was been it with when
1: you that. left Michigan State to take uh, a job elsewhere? Uh, how did he take that?
2: You know what? He was he was okay with it. We, we went back and forth a couple times on... You know, I'd Did he advise of, you not to do it? He did not. Coach Izzo did not advise me not to take the job at, at any step of the way, and, and he'd never do that, and I know you know that. I, I um, It was always generally what he didn't say as opposed to what he said, and the, just the simple fact that there were so many things in play for me, um, not to rehash, it was just, it was kind of, my decision, more so than what he what Coach Izzo said or didn't say, to go, um, and he was great with. it. He was with me every step of the way. Um, you know, once I left, mm. he totally understood. Mm. And he, you know, he's less. He goes, "Gosh, I'm surprised you lasted ten years. I, I couldn't work for me more than two years." <laughs> Pretty good own impression.
1: Isn't I was going to say uh, the there's and there's always somebody either on the staff or a player that impersonates the coach.
2: Well, I would say that
1: who who when you played at Indiana, who did the best uh, Bob Knight impersonation? Myself
2: and Tom Coverdale. Tom Coverdale could do his walk very well. The way he walked, <laughs> it was just beautiful. Um, and I could, I could. uh I just called them just I would call them I think generalities that um that you know with general yeah. in quotes there but I I would do the uh general impressions I was the only one that would have the guts did uh Bob Knight ever come in
1: in the middle of you doing did he ever see you doing Coach Knight
2: yeah. never caught me doing any I think he caught Tom Coverdale impersonating his walk and he would always stare up at the top just kind of just above the lockers when he'd come in and talk. He'd make eye contact, but he'd always look up above you. And Coverdell even he even found Cove uh, doing that part of it. Just... <laughs> You know, thank God he was in a good mood when he caught Coverdale because it uh, could have gotten ugly if he if he hadn't. Yeah, those are the things.
1: I mean, because there's always somebody on the team that has the
2: impersonation of the the coach. That's some deep minutia for yeah, you. you. I love that. You're digging that.
1: I love that. Uh, big game tonight. Uh, looking at the headlines for what's going on tonight. We talked about the NBA trade deadline. We'll uh, keep you updated on that. A couple of big trades, including and um, in, not a big trade, but the Pacers involved in one, and and we'll get more from Jimmy on that in a moment. Uh, Pacers did lose to the Heat last night. Um, Number one, Purdue, back at it. First game since losing to Indiana. They play Iowa this evening, and we'll talk with Seth Greenberg a little bit later. He's uh, got the call for that one tonight. Is that uh, Big Ten Network or is that uh, FS1? Do we know?
3: If it's Seth, it's got to be ESPN. ESPN, Oh, oh,
1: ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And then uh, the IU women's team. Oh, uh, you know, I have never enjoyed women's basketball more than I have uh, Terry. Not even just this year, but yeah. Terry Moore and what she has done with that team at Indiana. Uh, I will watch them that's appointment tv for me now the (laughs) iu honest to goodness if i look and see is the are the iu women playing tonight uh i loved the iu purdue game you know in purdue long long time successful women's program and um so after the men's uh, iu purdue game the next day the iu women played at mackey against purdue it was a terrific game but what terry Moran has done and they're up to uh, number four in the country now and um Big fan, of her, uh, big fan of theirs, and I think we're going to maybe have her on tomorrow. We're working on it. Working on we're, that. We're hoping and praying. Hopefully, uh, that'll be the case. But they play uh, Iowa tonight down in uh, Bloomington. So, um, a couple of good, a uh, couple of good games, college games, Purdue and Iowa tonight. Is it? How do you see? Purdue bounced back okay tonight. I mean, we heard Matt Painter there on the clip off the top saying, you know, you got to go through some things, and going through some things was the loss to Indiana. But you got to grow from it and get better and respond, and that's the opportunity tonight.
2: Well, I was, you know, I was no slouch, and I think they're, they're still a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. You can get the Iowa that stinks it up, or you can get the Iowa that goes to Rutgers and beats the brakes off them. You know, you can get the uh, Iowa that's down 20 at half to Indiana, or you can get the second half Iowa that comes out and beats the brakes off you. And so it's no different playing against Purdue. I think Purdue's probably suffering. Purdue's probably got a little post-Indiana hangover, as I think Indiana had the other night post-Purdue. Because either way, it's a highly emotional week, It's and it's a highly emotional game, and there's going to be some letdown whether you win or lose. Um, so I think... Um I'd like to say it's up to Purdue tonight, and it is to an extent, but it's really up to Iowa as well because are you gonna get the Jekyll Iowa or are you gonna get the Hyde Iowa? And there's really no rhyme or reason to to what makes Iowa play well or play like dirt.
1: This is and this is thing uh thing that I think probably from a coach's standpoint you'll say you hate this kind of conversation, but I think you can get it. Was I? I was having this conversation with somebody earlier today. The win over the win for Indiana against Purdue was a bigger win for IU than it was a big loss for Purdue. Hmm. And and I say that because, you know, Purdue has had Indiana's number. Yeah. Uh Indiana winning it was the biggest win for that regime i think um the indiana coaching regime yeah. for woodson that was a, yeah. a you know they needed that win
4: yeah
1: um at home yeah against the rival number one. the number one yep. team indiana had been playing well but they really needed that signature win in that yep. stretch so huge for indiana yep. to do yep. that purdue and and i know painter would argue you you want to win them all regardless yep. but they're still number one afterwards. Yeah, There's, and that's the key. They they're lost, still number one. They lost on the road against their biggest rival, but it gets compounded. I think if they don't come back and win tonight,
2: yeah, I think it. I would agree. If from Purdue's standpoint, um, right now you're fighting for a seed in the NCAA tournament. That is the big discussion. That's the big focus internally, probably for. Coach Painter and his staff. Yes, you want to continue to get better. Have your team improve. As Coach Paint said, they got to go through some things. But right now, you want to show the NCAA committee uh, that you are a number one seed, that you're the top overall seed. This is a game that they can win. It's a game they should win. The game they probably will win. They need win. to win. Yes, and the game they probably will win. Yeah. Um, but probably not without some drama. Um but I think when you when you if you're Matt Painter and you're waking up in the morning looking at you, yourself in the mirror, you got to say, "Hey, I got Zach Eadie on my team. I got some pretty good players on my team." And you know, you go in and you coach them up, and you you be totally honest with them. Here's what's at stake. You know, you don't have to talk about NCAA tournament seats, but here here's what we got, guys. We played well enough in the second half to win that game at Indiana. You know, we proved enough that. We're a better team than Indiana in the second half. You take away Assembly Hall, and you take away that first half where I think some guys were a little shell shocked by the crowd. Probably a better team than Indiana, and um, I think let's let's keep in mind Purdue's got a heck of a basketball mm. coach. Yeah, they got a heck of a they got a great leader, and behind every leader is a great staff. And Purdue's got a good staff, and uh, they're going to get it done against Iowa. I think they just got to get it to in. They got to get the W in good fashion.
4: Edie
1: gets the majority of the recognition, and, and understandably so. He's probably going to be the national player of the year. Yeah. Um, but what impresses me most about Purdue, and I, and I told this to Painter when he was on uh, with us a couple of weeks ago, he's doing it with two freshman guards. Yeah. In the Big Ten. yeah And that is I. Maybe it's been done before. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember a time when the number one team in the country in a conference like the Big Ten was starting two freshman guards.
2: Right. Yeah, and I think Fletcher Lawyer's job, first and foremost, knock down shots. And he's got the guts to do it. He's got the guts to do it in big moments.
1: Doesn't play like a freshman. Neither one of them played nope, like a freshman. Right. But to shoot it like yep. that as yep. a freshman, I think, yep. is impressive.
2: And then Braden Smith, ultimately, look, get the ball up the floor and take care of it, get it to the right people. And then they've got Ethan Morton, similar deal than the other two. Ethan Morton, you're going to guard the other team's best, car, best guard, by and large. And then we're going to work around Zach Eady. We're going to wind the defense up, and we're either going to throw it inside one, we're going to drive it two, or we're going to shoot it as our third option. It's not complicated, yet you have to have guys that are willing to, to say, hey, look, I ain't the star. I'm not the dude.
1: I made that comment with uh, Painter uh, when we had him on because I thought uh, Ethan Morton is yeah. is that guy. I mean, he was Mr. Basketball uh-huh. in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, yep. he was a big-time yeah, player sure in high school. He sure was. And now in college, he's averaging, you yep. know, four or five points, at, you yep. know, maybe something like that. I mean, yep. I think the game previous to our conversation, he'd had like four points yep. and three rebounds. Yep. You know, but to have a player who comes in as – Mr. Everything, which most high school players Look, are when they're playing it's kind of like level. the two
2: of us with Jimmy. We've got to deal with Jimmy, yeah. superstar, <laughs> massive ego, yeah. Yeah. and knows a lot Can of barely stuff. Barely
1: get the headset on over. Yes, the
2: head. he, but he knows everything <laughs> about everything when it comes to sports, and that's a compliment. Um, but you're right. The biggest thing the other day, not to not to rehash too much, the biggest thing that happened in the first half of the IU Purdue game is what. Let's see if you know.
1: Uh, well, I would say that IU made shots. I'll give you a hint: three you pointers.
2: Just we're talking about yeah. it, Jimmy. See if you're listening. He's sleeping. Yeah, I don't have it. Ethan Morton gotten got his oh, second got his foul, foul with but, like yeah, three foul. minutes into the game. Yeah.
1: But Indiana, if, if Indiana doesn't make perimeter shots, they are very pedestrian because tra- as good no as Trace Jackson Davis yeah. is. They're he can't do teams. it on his own, They're and that's why the teams. other night Miller Cop hitting those yep. you know four of six from three point range yep. is critical because it, right. it the way it impacts the de- the way teams right. defend Trace.
2: Yep. But but Jalen Hood Shafino, yep. you know Coach Izzo would always talk about the head of the snake. You know you take the head off you, you're dead, and that's what Ethan Morton has the yep. ability to do. Him getting in foul trouble, um, whether it's and then Galloway is is just lethal. Coach's kid. When, yep. When he's when he's able to come off a ball screen, he's lethal, and get out in the open floor, lethal. Jimmy's yelling, "Break!" We're not breaking, Jimmy. We're going straight through. I'm... No,
1: no, coming straight to the three hours. It's no, like but, a telephone. but
2: that's um, that's that was the biggest issue with Purdue uh, the other day. Yeah, um,
1: you know I'm old enough to remember when you came out of high school, and I'm when we come back. I'm going to tell you the player that you reminded me of. And I want to see if that's a compliment to you or if you take offense to it. Probably a compliment. That's Dane Fife, I'm Vince Welch. This is 93.5107.5 The Fan.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at com, and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Welcome back uh, with Dane Fife. I'm Vince Welch, producer Jimmy Cook. Uh, the NBA trade deadline. I uh, got about two and a half hours left. The Pacers have been involved in a, I would say, a minor move. Uh, but in by chance, if you've if you've missed it, Kevin Durant traded to Phoenix. The Brooklyn Nets sent uh, Durant and former Pacer TJ Warren to Phoenix. Got four first round draft picks. Jeez. Mikhail Bridges, uh, you know his game. Right? He's a good player. Yeah. Um, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, part of that deal. Uh, the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves set a three player deal. Lakers get uh, D'Angelo Russell and a couple of others. T Wolves got Mike Conley Jr., the former Indiana high school basketball star. And man, a guy's had a hell of a career. Oh, Mike he's Conley Jr. That contract. And, yeah. Thank you very much. And the Jazz got Russell Wilson and a first, uh, Russell Westbrook and a first round draft pick. They'll, I'm guessing the Jazz will buy out... Russell Westbrook's deal, and he'll sign elsewhere. Jimmy, uh, the Pacers, uh, what was uh, their role in uh, the trade that uh, we talked about earlier with Jay Crowder moving? Right.
3: Yeah, so Jay Crowder, after being involved in that trade last night, on the move once again, this time to Milwaukee. Milwaukee sends five second-round picks to Brooklyn. The Pacers were involved in that deal reportedly. They acquired Bucks Jordan Awara, a 37% three-point shooter for his career over the last three years. and um, add some size there for the Pacers as well. They also got two second round picks the compensation has not been reported yet uh, so i'll let you know when i have that the pacers did waive goga batadze to make this move happen and then other news that impacts the state uh former hoosier thomas bryant on the move from los angeles to denver uh, as
1: he's shipped out uh the Nuggets. Wasn't Thomas Bryant the player that was underneath the basket calling for the ball he when was. LeBron James was, shot yes. the uh, record-breaking? Yes, <laughs> I mean, Bryant was wide open. He was. Right under the bucket. Yep. You know, hand up, feed me, he had the throw, size it me throw it he to had me, He had the size advantage. And LeBron uh, in, took the step back uh, 15-footer to yep. break the record. He's
3: on a contract year. He's making like a million dollars. He's going to probably
2: make some uh, pay Bryant, increase this year. So
1: Yeah, Thomas Bryant's picture will be forever uh, immortalized.
2: Yeah. that. Yep. I'd never forgive him if I'm Thomas Bryant. <laughs> Talk about a grudge. Never.
3: Well, Frank Isola of the New York Post had mentioned that uh, – uh, well, formerly the New York Post, currently with uh, SiriusXM NBA, made that joke that if that was just because Bryant was calling for the ball, that's just the dirty business that is the NBA. <laughs> that's why he shipped off now. So.
1: Oh my goodness! Number one Purdue plays tonight uh, against Iowa. Iowa fifteen and eight. We uh, just chatted about that before the break. We'll touch on that a little bit more. Pacers lost one sixteen one eleven last night at Miami. Pacers have now dropped 10 in a row on the road. Pacers led by eight in the third, and then Miami went on a 30-10 run uh, to take the lead for good early in the fourth. Um, Pacers answered with a 13-2 run, got to within one with about six minutes to go, but just couldn't get over the hump. A couple of things that jumped out at me from the game. uh, T.J. McConnell was terrific uh, last night. First half, 16 points, only finished with 18, but I love the way that guy plays. Uh, Miami dominated the game at the free-throw line 16 points more than the Pacers at the free-throw line. Miami was 36-39 of 39 from the free-throw line. Miami with 15 offensive rebounds, out-rebounded the Pacers 48-31. The second-chance points uh, reflect that as well. Uh, Bam bio, the difference... 38 and 9 for Miami, 12 of 16 from the floor, 14 of 14 from the free throw line. Jimmy Butler was big, especially in that third quarter run for uh Miami. He had 25. The Pacers got 29 from Buddy Hield. You know, Buddy Hield's on pace to hit 300 three-pointers wow. this season. Only 5 times in NBA history has a player made 300 three-pointers in a season. Jeez. And I think Steph Curry has oh, yeah. done it four of the five times. So uh notable there. Um Matherin played only 13 minutes last night, only double figures once in the last four games.
2: He was oh of two from the floor last night, two points. Um well, I don't want to ah. be too speculative, but that that just says something like he's either worn down maybe got something lingering Rick Carlisle was asked about it
1: after the game said coach's decision yeah. um you know and I said Mathern on the bench um was cheering on the team i mean yeah. it didn't look like he was ticked off about anything or had a bad attitude about it or any of those uh, any of that situation but it just uh yeah. they need him they need him to be more than 13 minutes a game and two points uh, or what he has been over the last 4 and and Hopefully it's uh, nothing significant, and we do see his minutes pop back up in his production as well. But Buddy Heald, 29.7 rebounds. Miles Turner, 21 and 10. I mentioned McConnell was 16 in the first half, finished with 18. Halliburton wasn't even in double figures until late in the game. He ended up with 11 points and 10 assists, but uh, 3 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 6 from three-point range. In the clip we played off the top of the show today, he said, i got to be better, and I'm not going to argue.
2: I like that, yeah. Little little responsibility, able to self reflect, reflect and blame blame it on oneself.
1: Yeah. Uh, we mentioned that. the Durant trade to Phoenix. Phoenix is here on Friday, right? I mean, that's the Pacers.
2: That's tomorrow night.
1: Yep. The Pacers' next
2: game. Jimmy, do we get KD on here, or no? Let him uh, let him get his feet wet with the Suns before we dive in. Yeah, yeah we gotta get let him, him get on the a show. game. You know, yeah. do you I'll think tell, he'll I'll play
1: Friday? I mean, after the trade, will he play? Probably not.
2: Oh, absolutely. Load
1: management. You know, you know he he'll needs play. some time to. He needs some time to. You know, catches. Yeah. Well, he's been nicked up anyway, so yeah. Wow. I wouldn't expect to see him, but uh, yeah, I, I still like there. I still like you know Devin Booker. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's worth the price of admission.
2: Devin, Devin can flat out recruited him as, as uh, when I was at Michigan State we recruited him got beat by Kentucky
1: Did't pay enough or what you guys weren't paying enough <laughs> at Michigan State or what
2: <laughs> Nil didn't exist what yeah. do you
1: mean Hey one coach and you tell me if this isn't true one coach told me and I won't say who it was but big time program said the Nil just means that instead of handing it to them under the table yeah. you just put it on top of the table now
2: I'd say that's fairly accurate but most of the time, Prior to NIL, the recruit himself or herself had no idea what was going on. The only thing they knew is how they, they didn't know how badly they were even manipulated to go to said school.
1: Manipulated by AAU coach or a parent? Parent? Whoever
2: yeah. was taking the money, mm. whoever was getting the money, all you got to do is just tweak their thoughts a little bit. Like, hey, look, uh, this school, they don't play their bigs as well as this school. Mm. The, the young kids, they're naive. Jimmy, they're naive. They'll believe. They believe the adults. Nine times out of ten, the adults screw it up beyond repair for the kids.
1: And the shoe companies, big players in that too, right? I mean, if Certain you're schools. if you're a, if you're an Adidas, if you've kind of come up in the Adidas AAU system, you're probably going to an Adidas university,
2: or is that oversimplified? I, I would say. Yes, but I'm not certain that the shoe companies are the ones tossing around the, the, the money. Maybe maybe exerting their influence, but not tossing around the money and doing all the dirty stuff, no.
3: Yeah, hmm. A prime example of that, I mean not of the dirty stuff, but just of to the counterpoint of is it a given an AAU Adidas team, for example, is going to land to an Adidas school. Zion was on the Adidas circuit and he ends up at Duke. I mean, that's a that's a, a first opportunity, right? A first opportunity to go to a school that's aligned with that, but it's not
1: guaranteed. But I'm guessing somebody at Adidas got their butt chewed for that.
2: <laughs>
4: probably oh yeah no no
1: no doubt about because you know they put a lot of money into yeah. zion coming through the ranks if you're a if you're a zion williamson and you're coming up through the a you ranks yeah. and you're playing for a program that yeah. has is sponsored by a shoe company yeah there's a lot going into what you're what you're doing i'd say so
4: yeah. i'd
2: say i don't want to be contradictory to my first statement
1: no you, you can so. yeah um we we talked to before the break uh dane fife um about the player that you reminded me of when you were coming out of high school and into your early college days and um because I'm
2: old enough to remember that he's smiling Jimmy he's up to something
1: and and if you're 55 or older you'll you'll remember and you were and you're a baller you, you love the game and you followed the game you'll remember this Danny Ainge... Oh come on! I you, love it. Danny Ainge is a college player at BYU. When yes. you when you came up, I said he reminds me of Danny Ainge. Tough, gritty play, handsome, uh, handsome. Uh, tough, gritty <laughs> plays, nice. hard. Yep, uh, <laughs> could can shoot it, uh, but not nothing but a shooter, you know, could just do all, did all the things. And if you didn't follow Danny, if you didn't know Danny Ainge at BYU as a college player, man, he was. And and I told you, I said, you'll YouTube Danny Ainge college career. And the first highlight clip you'll get, he took it court uh, end to end, in the final seconds to beat Notre Dame
2: and laid it in
1: and laid it in <laughs> dribble took it on the inbound and took it the length of the court and laid it in to beat Notre Dame at the buzzer yeah. in a game and um, and it, but he was a two-way a two-star a two-sport player too he played baseball in fact I uh, got a little run with the Toronto uh, yeah. Blue Jays yeah. as a third baseman yep yeah. And he is now the guy running things for the Utah Jazz. That's right. And yeah. the Jazz, with all the, the play, the trade that they were involved with, with the Lakers and the Timberwolves, they get the first-round pick with uh, in, in that deal. I mean, they've got like – I mean, he's got enough first-round draft picks. I think he could start his own expansion team.
2: Probably could. Start in the G League. Send some to my guy at Phoenix. Yeah. Mr. Ishbia, although he's got some players now.
1: So, interesting, and uh, so, you know, go home, YouTube, you
2: know, you YouTube the uh, Danny Ainge. Here's uh, what I want you to keep an eye on now, and this is, I just thought of this, and here's something to keep an eye on. Phoenix just traded for those players. Yeah, KD, they've got Booker. Booker's a Michigan kid now. Mm -hmm. Booker can't, you know, he he split time between uh, Mississippi and Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, where his mother lived. So what I'm getting at is keep an eye on Draymond Green. And I don't know this, just speculating. Sorry, Day Day. Love you, man. Love you. Thanks for taking care of my girls here when you were in Indy. Took pictures with them. Was unbelievable Draymond was with my two daughters. Just just so friendly, kind, sweet, gentle. Just unbelievable. Keep an eye on Draymond Green. Maybe not this year. Maybe on the move. Keep an eye. Just keep a close eye on it. They got that Spartan dog connection. The
1: Brooklyn Nets with Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden was supposed to be the next super team, right? Right. The super teams, it's worked once, hasn't it? Golden State? Miami. Yeah, Miami. Good call. Bosch, D. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. But Golden State... It were and then Durant wanted to leave and then it's just not it doesn't seem like it's worked anywhere. LeBron's tried to put it together other than Miami. I mean mean, you could
3: argue Cleveland, it was just him though, and they got Kevin Love to go there. That was another operation of it. They won a title. I mean
1: You know, Durant's gonna go down as one of the you know, one of the great scorers in the game. He won a couple of titles at Golden State. Maybe he'll go down as one of the all time greats. But it seems like he always wants. He doesn't want to be the guy that shoulders it all. No. He, he he needs some other. He's pe- an alpha. He, yeah. And he what wants he had in Golden State and
2: what the Draymond was the alpha. See, yeah. people want to point out. Do you remember in the finals where Draymond Green basically all but undressed KD? Yeah. And KD just took it. Yeah. And it it wasn't that something that made KD. A wimp, it made K D it was a sign of respect that he respected what Draymond was and what he brought to the program. And you have what you have is you have too many guys that are supposed to be and expected to be alphas. K D doesn't want to be an alpha. Mm. He wants to be led by an alpha. He wants to be led. So he needs to go somewhere. So what you're saying is he's more comfortable going somewhere yeah. with like a Phoenix
1: that has a Devin Booker or yeah. a Chris Paul. Yeah. Not that, you right. know, Paul, obviously his best days are behind, but he's right. still a, a strong personality. Right. Yep,
2: yeah. exactly. I think
1: instead that, of being the guy.
2: Yeah. And that's why I say keep an eye on Draymond because yeah. Booker's not an alpha. It doesn't make him one of the best players in the league, right? But he's not an alpha guy. He's not going to do the things that, that, do the uncomfortable things per se. That's not an insult. It's just the way it is. I'm not an alpha. I'm a fake alpha.
1: How was Draymond, was Draymond that guy, that kind of guy at Michigan State?
2: He was, but he didn't understand how to be an alpha and not be a Fruit Loop at the same time. And now he does more so. He knows how to communicate and he knows how to act right off the court and even on the court most of the things draymond does now on the court are calculated okay he's doing it for a reason as opposed to doing it because he's lost his mind yeah but you know when you're when you're
1: i think that we have a tendency to forget sometimes that when these you you use the term fruit loop of you know maybe some of the things he did in college man thank goodness you know, oh, we're not held accountable for oh the things Lord. that we did when we were Lord, 18, 19, Lord, 20 Lord. years old.
2: Let's keep the uh, phone lines out of this equation. Um, anybody that's that has. Photos. The next hour, we'll just go through some of your missteps. In that. <laughs> Wasn't my fault.
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, we forget, you know, sometimes yeah. we for, we look at these guys yeah. and we forget, man, the kid's 19. Oh,
2: man. It's it's a sad state of affairs or
1: even or even, you know. Twenty-three. I mean, even early in their pro
2: careers, you know, all that
1: money and that age. Kidding me? I mean, I struggle at the age I'm at now. Much less
2: being, you know, right. I, I, like I tell my daughters, do not, you're not allowed to date till you're (laughs) forty. But honestly, I don't think men really actually mature till about their thirty, till till about thirty-five. How does that go over at home? Well it's comp. they're young com-
1: enough that they love you enough they're not going to argue it's or
2: complicated because you know <laughs> their mother s- remains silent although i know she agrees with me so she's kind of playing the good guy which i don't appreciate because yeah. she knows i'm right <laughs> and but sh- take your dad's advice he didn't he, sh- he hasn't matured yet he's 43 well I- <laughs> i disagree you know you made a comment earlier
1: about uh, and and you're a girl dad you got two girls and you made a comment earlier about um the parents kind of the au thing the parents are always kind of screwing it up yep do you what kind of
2: sport dad are you uh i tend to focus and i would i would advise all parents to do this i tend to focus on the life skills part of it would be hard work listening you know, anything with the ball, when you're trying to badger your child into doing something that involves the actual basketball or involves, you know, something that involves their hands, that's where the anxiety creeps in and you screw it up for them. But, uh, so
1: are you saying that when, like, when my kids were, my son was little, it, like, seven and i would blindfold him and make him dribble with his left hand in the basement that was that's okay. not, that no, no that's, that's, okay. Okay. that's okay okay
2: okay but just the uh <laughs> but what they they try to impose their will on on a whole team on a coach a parent do all those things um i tend to be quiet I, you know yeah. at games i tend to just be quiet i don't clap for anybody i just tend to watch the game and give my input after
1: yeah that's we probably all ought to take that uh, i'm glad i don't have to deal with that anymore you know as a as a dad my kids are beyond that but yep. man you see some crazy stuff when you're just as long as i'm not the one being the crazy one well,
2: that's good advice for number 56 in Kansas City <laughs> when he Steeds has those kids there.
1: uh dane fife i'm vince welch and you're listening to uh 93.5 5, 107.5 the fan <laughs>
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: With Dane Fife, I'm Vince Welch. Producer Jimmy Cook keeping us on the rails here. We've got uh, Seth Greenberg coming up top of the hour to talk about Purdue and Iowa. Purdue and Iowa playing tonight. Get Seth's thoughts on that. The IU women's team playing Iowa tonight at Assembly Hall. Um, did you see that the Connecticut women lost again, again last night? It's the Connecticut women of Gino orema It's the first time they've lost back-to-back Jeez. games since 93, I think. Yeah. Since 1993, it's wow. the first time that the UConn women have lost back-to-back games.
2: No, I didn't see it, but what I'll say is, look out! It's Terry Moore in time. It's her time now. Yeah, it's her time. It's uh,
1: can is is are the IU women good enough to win the national? Ch- I mean, they're ranked fourth in the country, so that would lead you to believe that they are obviously one of the elite teams in the country. People view them that way, but are they good enough to beat? South Carolina. I mean, are they that
2: good? I think they are. I and in fact, I still think that Indiana women's hoops is still learning to play with Grace Berger because she was out for so yeah. long. That takes time. Always the common rule of thumb for at least in the, in college is it takes a half. You know how how long you were out is how long it takes you to get back. You know to where you're playing at your best. And your team is playing at their best, yeah. and when you have someone like Grace Berger, it it takes time, and for her to once she gets playing at her best, and the team starts to gel, whew, Look out, the Indiana Hoosiers women's hoops. It's going to be an Indiana. It's going to be an Indiana women's hoops state. It's a fun, it's soon. a fun
1: watch, and she Terry Morin is from Seymour originally. Yeah. Uh, played at Purdue, and yeah. but as coach at Indiana. And I think that that's kind of a position I would like to think that maybe she values enough being a kind of a hometown girl oh, yeah. that she would stay there and build it forever and not take the whatever big offer might come.
2: I or... would say so. I think she's – you know, her parents live around yeah. there, and yeah. I think she's coached more without asking her. Hopefully we get a chance to ask her tomorrow Yeah, that – She's going to be happy right where she's at for a long time. Long she's got time. an incredible staff yeah. of good people. They work hard. They got each other's backs. Behind every great leader is a great staff, and she's got a good one. Yeah, good stuff. And, um, man,
1: you got to be able to recruit to Indiana. I mean, it's such a beautiful campus. Uh, the infrastructure facility-wise is yeah. there. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, there's, a, there's a lot to like about, uh, about going to IU.
2: Well, as Tom Crean said, it's Indiana.
1: And that, that yeah. really used to mean something, didn't it? It did. It yeah.
2: sure did. It, does loyalty, it still love. nationally? Does it still no. mean? It, no, it doesn't. Uh, doesn't it? no? But I think you know it's nobody's fault, and hopefully. Um, It'll come back someday, and Coach Morin's doing a heck of a job of bringing it back. Yeah, good stuff. We'll uh,
1: catch up with Seth Greenberg. Purdue, number 1-ranked Purdue against Iowa tonight, and Greenberg will be on the call, and we'll chat with him uh, coming up here in just a moment on 93.5107.5 The Fan. <laughs> With the coach Dane Fife, I'm Vince Welch, producer Jimmy Cook, uh, getting ready to bring you Seth Greenberg to talk I or to uh, talk Purdue and Iowa tonight. Real quickly, we just got a couple of uh, hours left in, before the NBA trade deadline. The Pacers have been somewhat active. Uh, George Hill, the Indianapolis native, former Pacer, coming from Milwaukee, as is Serge Ibaka. Jordan Awara coming as well, some second round picks, but we have not been uh, privy to the information as to who Indiana is giving up. Is that correct, Jimmy?
3: Yeah, we've yet to get official confirmation. I'll let you know once I have that. But yeah, no word on what the Pacers are sending out, other than what you the, mentioned. The Pacers
1: did wave Goga yeah, earlier Goga, today. Goga, Goga Batasi,
3: reported by Shams Charania, yeah, Goga has been waived. Yep. It'll
1: be interesting to see. Uh, they got to give up a little something to get to get George Hill and and Serge, I think. We'll see both those guys
2: have played their best basketball, but still may be usable. Oh, very much so yep. leadership, yep. Uh solid. you know what you're getting not just every veterans game, but every uh, with this day. young
4: team, yeah. show That's these so.
2: young cats how to do things. Hey,
1: speaking of veterans and uh, showing young cats how to do things, let's bring in Seth Greenberg. Uh, talk about Purdue and Iowa. Uh, we we'll give you thirty seconds off the top, uh, Seth. If you want to just uh, badger
2: uh, Dane a little bit, here comes the roast.
5: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you, you're the one who just said, "Speaking of old guys," so I mean, like you're bringing our fossils <laughs> down. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Badger, you know, Dane. I mean, goodness gracious! I, mean, I get I get fifteen minutes on the NBA, and uh, you know, and then I get called an old guy. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm older I, I, than it, all of it, you, it, so. Jimmy, Jimmy, thanks for calling and getting me on the show. I don't mean, i, 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 I Doc, never treated me this way.
1: I don't know. <laughs> oh well, uh, you know, you've been around long enough, you get all kind of treatment, and so uh, believe me, I'm, I'm probably older than it was. At a, a great stat I heard that LeBron has scored as many points as Larry Bird and um, uh, Stephon, uh Not Steph Curry. Steph Curry combined. Holy Lord! You couldn't even remember can you believe that. How old Steph you? Curry and uh, Larry Bird combined haven't scored as many points as LeBron.
2: I got them for you, Coach. I just I just right. threw a barb at Coach, loudest arena.
5: Assembly. Assembly. Well, uh, Mackey? Cameron uh, or Cameron. Assembly the other day. Now Cameron. It's funny because it's just packed in, and you know you know how it is. It's a smaller venue, but it can get really loud. Yeah, I'd probably say assembly, especially wow. if you, you know you're a visiting team, and they put your bench next to the band. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of fun, by the <laughs> way. I can just tell you. I'm not speaking from experience. That band is banging away, and you know you can't. Your team can't even. Yeah,
2: I can imagine your right hear. ear is still ringing.
5: But uh, yeah, so look, look, there's so many great arenas. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's so many great venues. You know, everyone wants to be the best. Who's the best fan base? Who's the loudest place? You know, when a team's playing really well, playing a rivalry game, and they got it going, that place is usually pretty loud.
2: No doubt. No doubt.
1: Loud for a rivalry game is one thing, but loud when you've got just another team in town. Of course, in the Big Ten, you know, it's a conference game. It's always big, but I think I, it's one of the things about, and Assembly Hall and Mackey both, I think, the fan base, it doesn't have to be a rivalry game to make it an intimidating environment.
5: I'm looking forward to Mackey tonight. I, I coached in Mackey a long, long time ago. It wasn't a really fun experience. I've tried to erase <laughs> it from my memory bank, but Matt, Mackey, just the whole atmosphere, the energy, the ownership, the you know, just the history in that building is as good as any. And uh, right now, the way they're playing, uh, you know, how unique their team is. Uh, they have the most unique player in college basketball, but it's the players around them. I just love when I watch Purdue play is they recruit to Purdue. They recruit to players that are going to fit around and fit their system, fit their identity, fit their culture, buy in, are willing to wait, continue to work, uh, you know they they recruit more four year, three and four year guys, and they really get immersed in in what Purdue basketball is all about, which I think is really cool.
2: Yeah, coach. People talk, they make a big deal about Matt Painter, coach Painter's tournament record, blah blah blah. I don't think they understand how hard it is to to win in the oh, NCAA man. tournament.
5: Oh, it's hard. I mean, it's really really Matt Painter is I no mean, look. he He's got six Sweet Sixteens, an Elite yeah. Eight. Right. Uh, if you look at the champ, you know three Big Ten championships, one conference championship. You look at the continuity of their program, uh, and they've only had one five-star recruit in eighteen years. Jeez. So, I, I think about that. You know, like Swanigan, uh, Matt,
2: Swanigan, right?
5: Yeah, Swanigan. Yep. So, if you think about it, I mean, what Matt Painter's been able to do to mm. consistency and when they play, how they play, how unselfish they are, their buy-in, uh, you know. Think about the agility they've had. I mean, they played mm-hmm. one way, obviously, with Casey Edwards. Right. They played another way with, obviously, the bigs that they've played with. They played a little bit differently with Jay Divey. Jay Divey, yep. Uh, so, I mean, his agility and his ability to fit his system right. to his personnel, to me, is the thing that makes him so, so unique.
1: Dane and I were talking earlier about the fact uh, that, uh, you know, what? when was the last time you saw a number one team in the country r- rolling with two freshmen in the backcourt? I mean, what they don't he. play like freshmen. Man, they do not. And, and which is a testament, obviously, to their own ability, but I think the way in which they're coached and what Matt and the the staff have done with those players, kind of to your point about what is around Zach Eady.
5: Well, it's also about their ability to evaluate. You know, to me, like, you know, recruiting, everyone talks about recruiting. It's not what, you know, once a guy steps on campus, I don't care. Hold on a <laughs> second. Like, I'm ordering a Jersey Mice right now, so you're going to have to give me a, a quick, little break. <laughs> you know, we only have a certain amount of time before shooting around.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, what's what are you getting there, Coach? What are you getting? We're at? about to hear it. Yeah, dive in. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think a big part when when especially what he talks about, he's going to say that if you, you can, what what you recruit isn't necessarily what you're going to get when when a player gets on campus. All that stuff gets thrown out because you never ever know what's going to happen until the lights in Mackey turn on, or the lights at Assembly Hall, or the lights at Cameron. And then it's a whole nother ball game when you're on the road, you know, and you could look at the freshman numbers now. Yeah. You could probably take a look that freshman numbers generally are much better at home. And most teams by and large play better at home, but players just play. And I think it's going to be interesting down the stretch how these pres- freshmen perform, because you can see it with the Pacers right now. I, I'm, I I don't, like I said, I don't want to be speculative on, you know, why they're why Halliburton's not playing or Mathurin's not playing as much, but I think it's probably has something to do with the the mental wear down, if not the physical wear down, and just giving him a little break and letting some other guys get some time. And the the freshman that you and
1: we talked a little bit with Painter about this, and we had him on a week or so ago about the wall, the freshman wall. You know, it's kind of like the rookie wall in the NBA. I mean, is it a real thing? How do you prepare to? How do you prepare to avoid it? I mean, from a coaching standpoint, and and Seth, you've been there, done that as well with Dane. How do you prepare a freshman to be able to transition through the season so that the quote unquote freshman wall uh, doesn't detract? You know, isn't quite as impactful from a negative standpoint as it could be.
5: Well, I mean, it's real simple. I mean, you you you, you know load match no like here's the that's all part of the process the part of the process is that you know uh, it's different you're not playing in uh, eybl you're not playing right. you know in the back gym and you know you at unLb or in orlando what you, you got to do is you got to just Hold on a second, guys. I'm <laughs> this reminds me of Coach Knight. <laughs> I can't. I can't get a number six. It's unbelievable. I can't get a number six.
2: Oh gosh, well, Coach well, Br- it,
1: What is the number six, Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy knows. Jimmy got that. Uh, the go. Go. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a cheesesteak guy. Guys. I, don't, I don't. Seth, know what, Seth, what is, is a number six at Jersey Mike's?
5: It's a roast beef from Provolone. Uh, oh. I'm waiting for him to get to it. I, you know, the tomatoes and the lettuce with that little dressing at Jersey Mike's very, very good. Coach, but tell I, him you know totally
4: Jimmy. Dump,
2: order the Jimmy. Tell him you know Jimmy. Yeah, that's true. You know, Jimmy Cook is a very famous guy.
4: I got the Jimmy you know Cook.
5: <laughs> are you you're back? Bad about, but no, no, yeah. But I mean, here's the deal about the fresh the freshman is is that look, it's part of the process you're going to go through. But are going to be ready in the NCAA tournament? Those guys don't play like freshmen. I don't care what happens. I thought the great thing was after that game. I disagree with my man Dan Dalkucz, who's my guy. But I thought Zachy. I thought first of all, Braden Smith owned it and then Zach Eady basically put an exclamation on it that, you know, we're in this thing together. And, you know, we always talk about kids more caring about themselves than others. Well, there was yeah. a perfect example of, of a team that had each other's back.
4: Yeah, that's being a great teammate. Is
5: that what you want? Is that what you want? So, I mean, like, I love my man Dockage, but one of the few times I disagree with him in that, you know what, those kids right there, you could see that they care about each other and had each other's backs, and you're only as good as... The guy sitting next to you in a game, and you got to stand up for each other, good, bad, or indifferent. How
1: do you see the uh, Purdue Iowa game tonight that you've got?
5: Well, I was really struggling on the road. Let's face it. I mean, you know, you look at the numbers; it's significant. And, you know, they're gonna, I think they'll extend their defense or try to limit their exposure in the half court by extending their defense. Uh, I think they'll try to, you know, get Zach Eady one step off the lane so the doubles are a little shorter. I think that's going to be something to watch. I think they're going to move around Zach Eady. Because I was one of the few teams that actually runs real motion, yeah. Uh, and I think they have the ability to move him around, move Chris Murray around. Uh, I think that'll be really interesting. But you know, pressure on the ball when you play when you play Purdue, you got to have pressure on the ball because if you don't have pressure on the ball, then it's just too easy to post. Then you got to go to your post action you. because he's really become a good passer out of doubles. So I think it's gonna be a fun game. I'm excited to be part of it.
2: Yeah, I think it will be fun, Coach. We were talking earlier about there's a there's a post-rivalry hangover. Um,
5: Yeah, you got to validate you got to validate wins, so you got to bounce back from losses.
2: Yeah, and and if you're Matt Painter, what do you say other than hey guys, you know, tough one? If you're Matt Painter, what do you say after the after a, a loss like that to get your team back ready? Because Iowa, you know, you can get the Iowa who was down 20 to IU at Iowa. Uh, at at halftime, or you can get the Iowa that right after that goes and beats the breaks off Rutgers at Rutgers.
5: Yeah, Iowa's good team. They could score it. I mean, they got a bunch of floor gamers, they got a bunch of shot makers. They played well offensively. I mean, my pain was real simple. We played in the Big Ten. We played on the road. You know, we didn't play very well at the start of the game. We bounced back. We we yeah. we made a change. Obviously, we put Cal first on Trace Jackson and, and zoned up. Uh, you know, Zach Eady, which I thought had a good impact on the game. yeah. Uh, so I, I think, look, it is what it is. Get to the next play. I mean, it's, it's real simple. The season's long. No one said we're going to be undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, give give, give uh, Indiana some credit. Let's go. Let's have a good practice. He, he gave him a couple days off, which is good. And now it's time to move on.
2: Coach, I thought back to that IU game, and I know we're bouncing around. Um, I, I made a big deal about the Ethan Morton, Jalen Hood, Shafino matchup before the game. And I thought it rang true in the first half that when when Ethan Morton got two fouls and seemed like three minutes, that was a huge part of the game because Ethan, Ethan Morton, for all intents and purposes. I,
4: yeah,
2: and I think he's just their energy. He's their heart and soul. I mean, you can just see it all over his face, and he just flat-out competes. And I think he was a big part losing him in the first half, I think, maybe not in numbers and in stats, but it was a big part of that first-half mess that, that Purdue was in.
5: Yeah, and I, I, Purdue didn't wasn't defensively. I thought that, you know, what's called ability, Trey Shack's ability yeah. to change ends on the floor and beat Zach Eady down the floor's ability yeah. to drive it from the high post, his ability to use his quickness was good. Yeah. Moving first on him alleviated some of that. And, and you know, Zach Eady then could zone up on the backside, which I thought was really, really important, did a really good job and had a good impact on the game.
1: Yeah. You've seen you. You've been watching basketball all your life, coaching it, etc. I mean, you've seen great players put in perspective what kind of player Zach Eadie is as a college player.
5: Uh, Zach Eadie is the most unique player in college basketball. It's plain and simple, and you've seen him improve. his, play, his ability to play out of doubles. Uh, you see his ability to uh, change ends, his ability to go over each shoulder, which has been phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I I absolutely love watching him play. And then, you know, the type of teammate he is. I mean, you know, he doesn't look at himself any differently than the rest of those dudes. So, Zach Eby is the most – in this year of college basketball, of all the bigs that came back, you know, he's the one who said, well, he can't play that many minutes. Well, he's played that many minutes. He's the one who's had the greatest impact on college basketball. Not Oscar Sheewey, not Armando Baycott. Yeah, not not Hunter Dickinson. It's been Zach Eady,
2: and not the number six at Jersey Mike's.
5: Number six at Jersey Mike's is being made right now, and I will tell you, my man is killing it
2: right now. Eady's <laughs> the national player of the year, right? I mean,
5: yeah, not even close. Yeah,
2: yeah I agree. I agree, Coach. Uh, sh- uh, shift and Garris, talk about some more some other teams that, that okay. produce number one. Yes, but. What what are some other who are some other teams some other programs that you see that are that are vying for a spot you know if not number one um, potential national championship caliber teams?
5: Yeah, I think I think Houston's a team that because of what they do defensively, I think that uh, UCLA we're not talking enough about Arizona we're probably not talking enough about Uh, you know in the uh, SEC Tennessee had just a brutal loss yesterday, but I think they'll be a factor. you know who knows who's coming out of the ACC? Yeah. Uh, the Big Twelve don't discard Kansas. I mean, it's uh, Kansas is going to still be a factor, and just that league in general. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got eight teams that are you know can play against can play against anyone and beat anyone, but also can lose to anyone. Yeah. You know, what I, mean? I mean, but TCU, Big 12, the, defense, yeah. the defense that's played in the Big Twelve. Is absolutely incredible. I mean, it, I, every single night, it, it is hard to score. Uh, they keep you on one side of the court. Uh, they're really physical. They trap the block. Uh, they create turnovers. Uh, the one question is in, in that league, they do a times struggle scoring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. But I, I, you don't know if it's just who they're playing against
2: or the defense
5: uh, yeah. or, or or yeah. Exactly the defense. I think the Big East, Big East is going to be interesting because they have some teams that are playing really well. Yeah, I mean uh, the the one team that I think is might maybe the most dangerous, although they did play well against Oklahoma, is Alabama.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you about Alabama. Coach Oates has himself a squad. I was down there watching them uh, in January, Coach. Woo, they got a squad. They're,
5: Brandon Miller is just an absolute monster. So I I think Alabama is really really good
2: yeah I think they can they can they look like they can go 12 deep although they need to go a few less but they look like they can they just keep oh, they can go going
5: they go 12 deep they have they're athletic and Brandon Miller is just unbelievable he is. he's he terrific uh, Jaden Bradley I got three freshmen Noah Clowney Jaden Bradley and uh and Brandon Miller is his as any three freshmen yeah. in the country
2: yeah and what I found interesting is that it looks to me like Noah Clowney is probably one of the probably their leader as odd as that sounds, a freshman coming in is essentially yeah, their leader. Think,
5: I actually think it's Jada Bradley, but uh-huh. uh, all those guys—they're they're all good players. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Miller's phenomenal, just phenomenal. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's it's going to be interesting to to watch. I've got a guys going and watch Purdue practice right now, though. Hey. Who is your number
2: six this year? Your your number Jersey Mike's number six player of the year. This is a good it...
5: time. My my, my jersey is Zach Eady. He didn't even close.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a well. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach. Hey.
5: That's- Coach fight! behave yourself. Really, I,
2: uh, you know I will. You know I
1: will.
5: That
2: takes all the fun out of it, though.
5: <laughs> take, care of that, take care of that beautiful family of
2: yours. I sure will. Thanks, Bye. Coach. Right, thanks, thanks, Seth. That's
1: Seth Greenberg. He's uh, on the call tonight for Purdue and uh, Iowa. Always good to sit back and listen to coaches talk. Yeah. You know, so, y- you know, you've been in this business a long time, and, and coaches talk to coaches differently mm. than they talk – to other people yeah to you hacks yep. who aren't coaches yeah or or, right. or just non-coaches Jim, i mean you didn't have to go with the hack jimmy, part i mean it's
2: more non-coaches made jimmy laugh it might be the first time i made jimmy laugh <laughs> you hacks um you know what and and coach greenberg and i used to talk a ton when I was on Michigan State staff, because he's he's pretty close with Coach Izzo, but he'd call. I can't get a hold of Tom. Dang give give me the scoop. What's going on tonight? And and he'd always be walking his dog, and he called him, you know, Jake the Wonder Dog, and you know, RIP. Yes, RIP, Jake. Love you, Jake. Um, but th- I went through. I'd listened to his. You know, he's three daughters and. Each one getting married. I got to get the third one through, and then I'm good. And then, you know, and, and I would listen and talk him through it. And we had some great conversations. Um, and he's such a fun guy to talk to and listen to. But I agree with you. You know, when when you talk to coaches as opposed to the uh, – when you listen to the coaches do the coach speak and you're able to pick up on it, uh, especially a guy like Coach Greenberg. I, mean, I, I think Coach Greenberg – I think Seth Greenberg has a winning record against Coach K. Interesting. And – He's a great coach, and he's so knowledgeable. So it's really neat um, to get his perspective um, year in and year out, able to get his perspective um, year in and year out. Uh, I think he's a gem in this business.
1: (laughs) You know, and here's what I think in regards to, you know, coaches see the games differently than fans. And regardless yeah. of what, co- what right. sport you're coaching, uh, it's one of the things I think that makes a good coach a good coach, but it's also a learned skill as to yeah. what to look for. You know, you're looking well beyond the surface of what the typical fan is seeing in a game. And it's not unlike, uh, you know, if you're – Hey, if you're out there selling uh, medical devices, you understand that business a lot better than a coach does, or you know, a broadcaster, or, or a firefighter. Whatever the case may be, whatever your business is, you understand it at a different level than everyone else. But the difference with coaching is that as fans, we watch the games, or you know, as a media member, you watch the game, and you think you can do it better. Yeah. You it's, know, and you don't have any idea of the depth and the knowledge yeah. and the breakdown of what yeah. you're watching like a coach. And I think that's why I always enjoyed kind of being on the periphery, listening to coaches have a
2: conversation. And it is interesting. How many stats did Seth Greenberg throw out there when we were talking? Yeah, none. Zero. And I, you can always kind of tell the difference and when coaches are talking or not because people think – that aren't coaches start throwing out all these ridiculous stuff and th- and they're necessary it's it's good radio good broadcast but when you really listen to the coaches talk they're not unless they don't have anything else to talk about they're not talking stats and all that crap they're talking guts what makes someone tough what makes someone really good it's the um, why what makes isn't it? yeah and what makes a program really good and it stats are important but that's more of a periphery. The, the reality is when you get right down to it, it's it's the human element, not the uh, numerical or mathematical element. So if it's, not, if it's if it's not the
1: numbers, it's the why. Why is Purdue so good?
2: Well, I, they have just a, a really good balance of role players versus their superstar that doesn't act like a superstar, obviously, with Zach Eady. Um does Zachary even know he's the best player on the team? I don't even think that matters to him. And I think it's a testament, once again, to the culture at Purdue. Um, Looking back, uh, you know, guys like A.J. Hammonds or Travion Williams or Caleb Swanigan, Robbie Hummel, Etwan Moore, Jawan Johnson, some of the guys that have played at Purdue under Matt Painter. You just, they're guys you would beg to have on your team. Because of the simple fact that they just want to win. They will do anything it takes to win. It's not about them.
1: On a national level, I think from a fandom perspective or from the, you know, I don't think Painter gets the recognition he deserves for the success. They haven't made that Final Four run, but there's a lot of coaches out there in the college ranks that would love to have his record and his level of success. On the inside, from a coaching perspective, how do the other coaches... I'm guessing the other coaches view him with a lot more respect yeah. than probably he gets from the the
2: periphery. Well, he's revered. I mean, Matt Painter is revered. If not, he should be by all Big Ten coaches. But I know he's revered by some. Uh, I know that Tom Izzo has the ultimate respect for him. Um, says it all the time. Um, I think he's... he's he. I don't think this is a negative. He's one of the good people in the business because to me, it's not about Matt Painter. Matt Painter doesn't do this for the money. He doesn't do it for the fame. He does it one because he loves it, but two he gets fulfillment from helping players and, and being part of his alma mater um, that's taken care of him. That's 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 loved him. He's loved him back. And, you know, that can all change. But the way I see it is, is he's one of the great ambassadors for college basketball, and I think he'll he'll be one of the great ambassadors till he retires.
1: I've known Painter a long time, of course, been around a long time, covering him when he was a player. But I was at a high school game with him recently, and there had to have been over the course of the game, and you know, once once the especially the kids discover that the big time coach is there, they all want to come up and have the picture taken with him and everything, and I bet there had to have been 50 kids at some point throughout the course of the night that came up and asked Painter for a picture. And every single time he accommodated them with grace and uh friendliness a couple of the kid. there in fact there was one kid that kind of said oh, i love iu you know blah 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 and he handled it with uh you know joked with him yep. and and never one time got cross or not one time seemed frustrated by hey, i am trying to watch this game and these kids keep coming up took selfies with them every single time yeah and it was the most uh not that i didn't think that of matt to begin with because no one no, no, will but it was just the most
2: um humble grounded uh, it was unbelievable
1: yeah i mean it really was and for a coach of the number one team in the country to sit there and handle that situation in the way in which he handled it and not once even privately was put off by it and it was uh it was impressive
2: well, that's the way it should be. It, be it is, but you. it's not the way it is. It's not the way it is, but that's the way it should be. Um, you wanna you know, you keep you wanna keep growing the game. You want these young kids to aspire to be Purdue boilermakers or aspire to be basketball players. You can't let up on that stuff.
1: Uh, but as a coach, I mean you've been there as a high school you know, you're trying to watch a game. You're trying to watch a kid. You know, you're you're you know, you're there working yeah, yes in a no. sense. Yes and no. But it was uh,
2: it yeah. was it was impressive. Yeah, and I can imagine. I, I just, I mean, just
1: like earlier when I came in, I wanted to get a selfie with you, and you, you were kind like of no. put off about it and no. said, you know, yeah, five I was bucks, busy. Five bucks. I was busy. You were putting in your order with Jimmy to get yeah. the you know the sandwich oh, delivered Jimmy ain't up buying. to you.
2: Jimmy ain't buying <laughs> How about, about Jimmy that.
1: wearing the different Kansas City Chiefs jersey? Every time I've seen Jimmy, he's had a Kansas City Chiefs jersey on.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, Vince, it's Super
3: Bowl week. What are we doing? Yeah. Come well, on. I mean, come on. There's every week, every day. Set yeah. This, this is it. Well, I fi- it,
1: it it's it. It's the last week to wear them. Yeah. Uh, this is. So next week you would be wearing just
2: regular clothes or what?
3: Oh, no, there'll be Chiefs t-shirts they oh. win. And if not, we'll... Do you think Jimmy's <laughs> a good <guy, the> look-at-me <laughs> guy this week?
2: Come on. Jimmy, Jimmy is relishing in this. Oh, it's Chiefs beautiful. You got to enjoy fandom. it.
3: I, ah. I, I sat down, and I didn't do this when they played the Buccaneers. sat down and I watched all of NFL Network's media night coverage. It was great. Enjoyed every second of it. Because you don't know. You never know when you're going to be back. Doesn't matter the sport. You never know. Jimmy needs a hobby.
1: How many times do you think Dan Marino thought he was going to go back? Hmm. Man. Made the Super Bowl his rookie yep. year, right? Yeah. How many times do you think he Joel believed Montana. he was going to go back? Joe ruined that Never. for him. Yeah. I mean, one of the all-time greats and didn't do it. Never got it. Man. Never got it. Do you think Durant will go down as one of the all-time greats?
2: I don't think so. I really don't.
1: I mean, he'll probably be top 10 in all-time scoring, but would he be considered a
2: top 10 player? I don't think so. Is he? Maybe. I just, I think the issue... It doesn't
1: have that feel, does it?
2: I mean... No, I think he's just, he's caught up. He's a byproduct of the, how, just the free agency and the changing of the times and COVID and just changed so many teams and, you know, can he do it on his own? And uh, I'm not sure it's fair. To, I don't think it's fair, but I, I also don't think Kevin Durant will go down as a, as a top 10, top 15 guy. Here. Doesn't feel it, does
1: it? No. I mean, you know, when people say, when I think of Hall of Famers, you know, and people say, oh, you, you know, should so-and-so make the Hall of Fame? When I hear that name, when I hear a name, I should automatically say Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. If... Are you saying you don't do that with him? No, no. No, I'm talking about him. Okay, okay. I'm saying just sure. in okay. general. Okay. No, he's for sure a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But I'm saying when when you're when it's the Hall of Fame a Hall of Fame class, regardless of the sport, baseball sure. came, right. you know, we most recently had the baseball Scott Rowland got in.
2: Scotty Rowe, Jasper Indiana baby. Yep.
1: And um so when you hear a name, do you think Hall of Famer? So when you hear the name Scott Rowland, yep. is that a name that you automatically say should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. So, not asking you that question, but I'm saying that's kind of how I feel about guys. Obviously, he's a Hall of – Durant's a Hall of Famer. But when I – if somebody said, Kevin Durant, one of the league's all-time best, right. uh, yeah. I got a hedge on that. No, no and I, I would say you know no. What I, the,
2: the guys I like to listen to are the former players, or the yeah. players, the players that played against them. Now, they'll gas each other up while they're playing, like Draymond will gas up KD uh and LeBron you know they'll gas each other up but you know I think history will judge and I I think uh, we're speaking for history right now um but I think that the the litmus test for me is how his how the how his peers judge him beyond you know listening to um you know former players talk about Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or Isaiah um that's that's what fascinating that's that's one fascinating but I think that's where uh, you'll you'll learn your answers listening to the former players discuss it.
1: You know, we only had, like, the Magic and Larry for, like, 10 years. LeBron, 20 years. <laughs> I mean, his career. I mean, there's yeah. guys, Pacer team yeah. on the Pacers, you know, 21, 22 years old. I mean, they were they were infants when LeBron yeah. was in the league. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I think that's the the longevity of his career and the level of which he – and I'm not – and I said it yesterday, I'm not a big LeBron guy. I mean, there's some things about – him that I don't like about his exterior demeanor on the court. But you can't deny uh, the longevity and the productivity over those years. And I think that's his greatest accomplishment. And And, and maybe the most challenging thing is that he was predestined to be that person right. and still managed still to be it. that person yep. Yep. every single year.
2: Yeah, And, I think and was... at 38, still seems like he's got it. It's it's beyond me and uh jimmy's yelling break or making the break motion i don't really like that break motion can we make a different thing for for vince and i it's it's uncomfortable yes there you go
1: that's that's andy reed <laughs> and you look like andy there with the little slimmed down version of andy wearing the red yeah. the red jersey
2: well, vince, I stash vince shall we
1: shall we, we shall. break yeah well let's well, let's do it
0: whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Great to have you with us, Vince Welch, along with uh, the coach Dane Fife and uh, Jimmy. What kind of music
2: was that? What, what, who was that? Stevie Wonder.
3: Uh, that was Al Black. Well, <laughs> <little candy> man. <laughs> yeah,
2: a nice old groove. Jimmy picks his own music i think it sucks I know,
1: the job, gave, that's
3: the job of a producer if you'd like to switch roles here i can have you come over here if you want who coach. gets paid
2: more
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> we gave some suggestions earlier we haven't Did heard he any of that
3: more? that's not true he's had one of his yes for 1975 he got that in the oh, second break right.
2: yeah that, well that was your that was some of producer your dad's under music. fire producer that, under that was fire. some of your dad's music i'll respect that i respect <laughs> captain cook
1: it says a lot about the personality of the show the music the comeback music i like yeah. it you I are like what it. your good music job, Jimmy. dictates yeah, it's wow. like the uh, the walk-up song that the Major Leaguers, Major League Baseball players got their walk-up song.
2: Trivia, Ricky Vaughn. What did he walk up to? You guys stink. Wild thing. Dun, dun, dun. Ricky Vaughn? Yeah. You guys are an embarrassment. Yeah. Isn't that the job of a producer, to know all that crap? No.
1: No, he's right. <laughs> You guys, yeah, are maybe encouraged. he'll have wild thing uh, for us next coming back next time. Yeah,
3: if you're nice, maybe maybe we can do that.
1: <laughs> Pist- pitchers and catchers uh, report next week, I think.
2: Can't wait. Go Tigers.
1: Go Tigers. One of the things I really enjoy is if if you've ever been there, done that, you'll I think appreciate it with me. Is uh, going to spring training games. You ever been to spring training and just like sat out? You know, it doesn't matter. But you're sitting somewhere warm, the sun's out. Are you know. inviting
2: me to go to a spring? Would training? Would love it. We
1: you? should make a make it a road trip. You're buying. I'm unemployed, pal. Yeah, I, pr- I prefer the uh, the Arizona the Grapefruit League Is over that right? the yeah. So I, I went I
2: one time. My dad played professionally for the Twins, and he in minor leagues. Jim Leland was his coach. Oh yeah, and Jim Leland was the. And Jim, he was, I think, the head coach of the ti- uh, Pirates. Pirates, yeah. An assistant. Yeah. Tom Kelly was also former White Sox, former Minnesota Tigers. Twins. Yeah. Former, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, no, not, yeah, Tom Kelly. And then there's one other, Gene, Gene Lamont, mm. former Tiger coach, yeah. former White Sox coach. Anyway, long story long, Jim Leland got us with the Pirates. On the field, they were playing the Baltimore Orioles at the time. And I got Bobby Bonilla, I got Barry Bonds, Andy Van Slyke. Wow, that was the glory days Cal of the Pirates. Cal Eddie Murray, and I want to say Doug Drabeck's autograph on a baseball. Can't find it anywhere. Hmm. That's a heck of, a, that's a Man, heck of an that's, autographed baseball.
1: I mean, Ripken, and Ripken alone would.
2: Yeah. And I think Billy and Cal Sr. were coaching with the Orioles. Yeah. What a baseball! I wish I could. Well, find the pirates that
1: thing. back then with Andy Van Slyke, Barry Bonds, and who's the other guy? Dave Parker.
2: Uh, who did I say? Doug Drabeck was a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Van Slyke, Bonds, Bonilla. Bonilla, who's yeah. still getting paid. Yeah, and um, let's see. Um, How about that Bobby Bonilla deal? So he
1: ret- he like his deal was like when I retire for the next twenty five years, I still get a million. Genius. Genius move! Amazing. I think it just expired. I think they just paid him like his last year. Maybe it was this year. I got you. Yeah, genius move, man. Hey, uh, this is the uh, NBA trade deadline day. We've got less than 90 minutes left in it. Three o'clock Eastern. The trade deadline expires. Pacers have been somewhat active. Uh, They've uh, waived. They waived uh, Goga. So if you're a big Goga fan, uh, you don't have him around anymore, but they have brought back former Pacer and uh, Indianapolis native George Hill. Serge Ibaka is coming. So a couple of good second unit guys. Jordan Noera, back as well. Or not back, but here as well. What he will bring. Uh Yeah, Louisville. Played at Louisville, right? Is that right? Yep. Beat the Spartans. Hasn't played a lot. Is that correct, Jimmy? Uh, Jordan hasn't played a lot recently or in his young career.
3: Anywhere from Thirteen to six minutes over the last month. And uh, career, saying, is, he a, is he a
1: wing?
2: What's he play? Yeah. He's a, yep. he's a wing. Yep, yep. six eight, eight wing, shooting wing.
3: Thirty seven percent from beyond the arc. His career average about fifteen a game. Uh, his career so, in fifteen minutes. Yep, about fifteen okay, minutes. It, career high was nineteen average wise uh, in 21-22. Jimmy, did you you hoops back in the day? Right? I uh, no coach. I stopped at uh, stopped uh, at great school played played rec ball through high school but no i didn't what uh, would you
2: say in grade school was your career high in minutes like eighth grade oh man uh coach i was a i was a
3: that's okay we do I, I was i was, was a minutes? i was a 24 minute a game guy gotta gotta go be all four quarters jimmy's a football guy
2: built like a no, linebacker. no 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 ladies if you're like best, built best like a linebacker
3: i wish i was built like a linebacker they also are. by bonita day lasts till 2035 so i think it's paid until still another 2035? million dollars or 1.2 million for another decade and add two years there too wow
2: yep i think jimmy's trying to change the subject what a um, deal i'm just trying to keep you informed
3: what What was was your game as a kid jimmy oh i i mean i was i was tall enough that at that age level of grade school they wanted me to play big but i i loved a three ball i wanted to shoot a ton so Mm. stretch we'll say we'll say stretch four Stretch
1: you strike me as like a toughness in a way. Uh, see, yeah, I down was, on the block my, anybody, guy. I, think, I see him as a down on the block anybody guy. Anybody that
3: I played with, like pick Lay up, up games, in. will tell you that I am. I know my flaws in my game, so I have to work hard. I'm the scrappy yeah. guy. Yeah. I'm going to go get rebounds for you. I'm going to kick it out to better guy. players. He's Draymond Green. I'll knock down a shot when you need me to. But Hit, yeah, I'm
1: a, Hitting the other players in the groin. Is that kind of a thing? You, me, can, you can't really do that now.
2: No, can you, you, it's more of a tug. It is? Yeah more of a tug now. It's, now is that
1: an art form i mean trying is. to figure that out i mean it without is. getting
2: caught it is it is and it's all payback for me at least it was payback it's like you okay you want to do this let's go um Yeah, you know, just a subtle pinch you know you want to pinch with the between the middle finger and the index finger there's less motion you're less have to get caught with the subtle pinch you can see me demonstrating this sucker yeah where you do middle but and index
1: if you get caught hitting another player in the groin that's a bad look though isn't it well that's what I mean, i'm trying you, to say uh, i you mean don't it's kind of a high to... risk it's a high risk move right it is because but that's if you get why caught...
2: you don't do that it's it can't be a swing it's got to be a tug mm. and i think that's what happens nowadays you know it's funny you bring that up i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this story real quick so cody zeller love you cody big fan of cody zeller I believe he was either a, he was a freshman at Indiana, and at Michigan State we had the player by the name of Derek Nix. You can go back and watch the game. Cody Zeller grabbed Derek Nix's wrist and hit himself with Derek Nix's hand to make it look like <laughs> Nix hit him, and Nix actually got a technical for it. Go back and watch; it was genius. I'd never seen that done, but he grabs Derek Nix's hand, and Cody hit himself with it. And got Derek Nix a technical. One of the great moves of all time.
1: Now, did you, uh, like in the film session, is that one of those things you rewind back and forth when you're looking at it the next day? You're looking back at, you know, look at what he did.
2: Look at that. I did, and I couldn't even get angry. It was such a good move. And Derek Nix, he tried to tell us on the bench, and we had no idea. But You didn't believe him? Not really. Nope. Nope. Just an unbelievable move, Cody. One of the great, great ones of all time. Underrated move, but the tug. The tug is the play.
1: Hmm. To keep my eye out for that a little more.
2: I don't know if we the, need to get an we need to get an
1: NCAA official on to break that down. I'm
2: for working us. on it. We got Bo Borowski, <laughs> one of the most hated Big Ten officials. Now would he know it as the tug? No, uh, I mean it's no, that's player speak. Yeah. That's player speak. That's the player in me. That's the player
1: in me. Yeah, I mean, this is this is good stuff here. This is the insight you don't get just anywhere.
2: This is the what did you call it? The minutia. <laughs> the minutia of the game. I See, love the minutia. Jimmy, if you'd game. have had this in seventh or eighth grade, you might have played more. <laughs> if
1: Jimmy could have mastered the tug, Amen to
2: you, that. You might yep. have made varsity. <laughs> if only our pass could have crossed sooner. I think Jimmy got screwed personally.
3: We're gonna go. We're so gonna call Made your, the pivot to broadcasting right away. Was, we're gonna call your your,
2: your varsity head coach <laughs> and ask him what happened.
1: Purdue and Iowa tonight. Number one ranked Boilermakers. Iowa fifteen and eight. IU women in action against Iowa tonight as well. IU's uh, women ranked fourth in the country. Pacers off tonight. Back at it tomorrow against Phoenix at GameBridge, and uh, Phoenix has been very active. Uh, of course, traded for Kevin Durant and former Pacer T.J. Warren. Uh, to go with uh, an already pretty impressive group of players they have assembled over there. Not sure whether those, uh, whether Warren or Durant would be active and in uniform tomorrow night against the Pacers. Would kind of doubt it. But uh, even with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Chris Paul, still a formidable group as they come to the field house tomorrow. Found a new tomorrow. owner. And, uh, Matt Ishbia, o- 1T. Yeah, the owner is a former uh, Michigan State walk-on he was a walk-on uh, yes sir played uh, around the same time that you were in high school playing uh give us a scouting and report
2: and on matt. matt ishbia as i said and now earlier, he's the owner of the phoenix sun owner of the phoenix suns go to hbo real sports i think it was the september or october maybe november but there is a segment on matt ishbia and how he runs his business that's Incredible! It's such a good it's such a good story. Why on what he's done to build his business? Because he runs it exactly the way Tom Izzo runs his program, <laughs> and that's really what I can say is it. His business, running his business, is based on what he learned under Tom Izzo and how he runs his basketball program.
1: And his business is uh, loan management, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. United think, Shore yeah.
2: loans, you know, home mortgages. Yeah. Um, and, and he's made billions. What's interesting is you go up the road five miles from where their headquarters is, for where United Shore headquarters is, Quicken Loans. Dan hmm. Gilbert, also a Michigan State Spartan and the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Interesting. Yeah. Michigan State's now got three owners. And then they've got Magic Johnson, who could be an owner. They've got Tom Gores, owns the Pistons. Dan Gilbert. Tom Gores lives out in L.A. in platinum management or something, but... Uh, Flint guy, Flintstone. They got Dan Gilbert from Detroit, born and raised. And then they got Matt Ishbia from from Greater Detroit area, born and raised. Sons Dan Gilbert, Cavs. Jimmy says break. I hate that sign. I hate that symbol. Uh, give me the Andy Reid clap. Oh man. It, uh, real quick before we go to break, if you owned, uh, if you were going to be
1: an owner, which league would you own a franchise in?
2: Football, Lions. One they need one, and. Two, football's my first love. There you have it. That's is that a segue five. to the Colts? Do what? Is that a segue to the Colts? We stuff?
1: will talk about the Colts when we come back on 93.5107.5 5, The Fan. I've-
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: How about that? A little Rolling Stones coming back. Dane Fife,
2: you ever see the Stones in concert? Come on, that's no, huh? no. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm not an English band guy.
4: Oh, except come for the on. 1975.
2: Come on,
1: I'm, I'm Led Zeppelin. Band.
2: Um, no, no. Zeppelin. I, I don't even know if they're English. Queen. No, absolutely not. Except for Wayne's World. The <laughs> Wayne's Bohemian Rhapsody. World. Queen. <laughs> I can go Aerosmith. You, you scoffed yeah. uh, at Aerosmith's not English. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, you're, I thought we were going rock bands. And I was, yeah. Well, you said
1: thing. English, so I was uh, you know, trying to hit the, some of the English. But, but I will go Aerosmith. The Clash, Smith. The Killers, any of that? I do. I, yeah, I
2: guess. I, maybe I'm maybe. just talking. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll shut up. Let you do your job.
1: <laughs> no, it's, our, it's our
2: job, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, next we got Eric Church. Yeah, well, what's
1: some... uh, what, if, you, if we go down and we get in your car and we uh, flip on the radio, what uh, music are we listening to?
2: the 1975's jamming right now but i've got every eric church right now is he has my heart but i you know i I great song
1: about the motor city who's that eric church
2: yeah he's eric church eric church is everything american right now that and, and all americans can 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 dig it if they'll take the time to listen to what he's doing um big sports fan yeah unfortunately north carolina yeah, fan, yeah. north know. carolina guy he's boys with uh clayton anderson who's you know local country star and pretty soon to be big national I mean, he's, yeah, he's big got some good stuff um and uh just just good music the uh the the music
1: of the different generations. If I don't know if you've ever se- if you've seen, um, I'm trying to think of what network it's on. It's like one of the you know the know off the going. beaten paths. It's like the music of the seventies, and it's Did a documentary we... about it, or the music of the sixties, the eighties, the nineties, um, and maybe even it might even be like a CNN production or something. I, I can't. I, it's but it's a I documentary it's... of those decades we... of the uh, like music. H one, yeah,
2: B H one, good stuff.
1: And good you forget stuff. it. You forget about some of the.
2: You know some of the artists of the past. You really do, and you know I, I guess '60s, '70s, '80s. It was all acid, so you don't know what the heck they're talking about. But <laughs> nowadays, unless you're now it's it. just booze. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy.
1: Oh, uh, hey, what are the Colts doing? You got a you got a theory on the Colts? Do you
2: marketing this head coach charade Mm-mm. as to why they haven't announced yet? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Keep it keeping in the news. They're growing their brand right now, the Colts. By not naming the coach. It's becoming a Nash. Everybody's talking about it. Mm. Only two to go. I mean, three have been filled. Two are available. Yeah. And it's time for you guys to jump on the train here. It's it's all marked. Well, I haven't had my third interview yet. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it and can't stop. And I'm surprised we haven't gone on and on and on um, about the Colts. Once and
1: you've covered the base the base is there a reason to just continually cover it when you when you have nothing new when there is and I will give the Colts credit from this perspective I mean there have no you know the leaks all of that stuff it hasn't it hasn't happened and and I think that's it's a good thing it keeps everybody guessing of course I you know now the, the league doesn't want you to make that kind of an announcement now before this close to the Super Bowl anyway so you're not expecting now, is that until,
2: official is that been well, said?
1: that's yeah. that's one of those unwritten rules there you
2: go and I'd say but, uh, but,
1: you know, Ballard told uh, you know in the in the post you know the post uh, mortem press conference said, "Don't be surprised if it's the middle of February, and it'll be the middle of well, February."
2: You know, I said that. Hey, look, Jim, look, give me something to keep these people off my back. Give me something to tell them. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Mid February. Now it's give me something, please, to keep these people off my back. Oh, mid March. Okay, March Madness. You know, they said they, he said he, they were going to
1: throw a wide net. They didn't want to have their idea that this was going to be our guy, and then somebody else slipped through the cracks that they didn't talk to, et cetera. So they've gone out and they've talked to just about everybody that you would have imagined they could have possibly talked to. Do you like that philosophy of.
2: Well, here's my throwing a here's wide my, net. Uh, embarrassing, maybe useless second theory is let's get a coach that people want to play for. Let's get a coach that are going to attract some really good players that we know we need to fill holes. And I don't know if we'll have an Eli Manning scenario where, hey, I ain't going to play for the Chargers. They stink. But does it still exist? You guys are really, really deep into the football. I know Jimmy is. Does it really exist anymore where somebody would refuse to play for an organization or a coach?
3: I mean I didn't like think it was possible when it happened with Eli. Eli, so I mean yeah. I I, I it, it was unprecedented then. I mean it's only happened a handful of times in NFL history.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happen I, not that it couldn't.
2: But what about the theory of hey, let's let's see really who who we can get here that's that players want to play for and uh it might even have a little seepage of the uh, future quarterback issue uh, coming in. See, I think that uh, I think it's perfectly fine
1: to throw the wide net out and talk to as many different people as you can because the more information you have, even if that's not the guy you're going to hire, right. You now you got to you know him a little bit more. Yeah. And and maybe that helps you the next time the, you know, God forbid the next time the job comes open, you've already had a little yeah. bit of relationship, you got a little insight to him or maybe when you play them, you might know them a little bit, but whatever the case may be, I don't think information is ever wrong yeah and to be able to sift through it and say i like that guy but he's just not for us right now i don't think that's a bad thing what, to talk to I, as I many people as you point. can
2: but here yes yeah, for the next guy you fire after you fire the next guy but my thing is why when can when was a situation a point in time when the indianapolis colts were a destination job that you weren't going to lose your head coach when was that point in time
1: what do you mean? I don't. I don't. Understand okay. Well, you
2: know, desti- Indiana basketball. I, I think there's. Duke a, I basketball. think see, Those I, are
1: destination. See, jobs. I, disagree, I I'm going to disagree with you here because there's
2: only 32 of them. Well, if you didn't know what I was saying, do but, you now?
1: But what I'm saying is, I think I think the Colts. It is a destination job in a because sense. There's 32. There's only 32. And okay. So but, what I'm saying is, you might be Sean Payton and say, no, I don't want to go there. Right. But if you're Shane Steichen or you know whomever yeah then uh then i don't think there are many people out there that say i'm not going to go to the colts and be their head coach. and how
2: often does another nfl program pluck a, a sitting head coach away i guess my bigger point is when you think of the great jobs in the nfl okay let's go top five i know the colts were at one point when were they
3: when Peyton was here and when Bingo. Was here. Bingo, say no yeah. more. So. Bingo,
2: get out, go out and get mm-hmm. a quarterback. They could have Vince, I don't want to insult the coach too much, but they could have they could have Vince Welch as the coach if you got Peyton Manning.
1: That's a pretty deep dive there. That wasn't very nice, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That's that's for Seth. You called him old.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, you're right. I I think that the quarter, you know, the quarterback you have to have the quarterback and I don't think you have to have a great quarterback to be a Super Bowl winner or a great team, but you have to have a very good quarterback.
2: You need a great quarterback or a hell of a defense. Mm. One or the other. Take your pick. Now, coaching matters. I'm not going to sit here and diminish the role of a head coach. And I'm sorry to insult the Colts with the, the, the Vince Welch coach comment, but <laughs> you got to have one or the other can a rookie be that guy? Absolutely. Yeah. Was
1: Mahomes? Yeah. See Mahomes said, you know, he said it really was year 3 before he really felt, now even though he was obviously really good, and there are quarterbacks that are good from the yeah. jump. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. I saw a thing with him the other day. He said it was really year 3 before I felt mature, like I was in control was. of yeah. things. Mm-hmm. You know, which really if he's as good as he was from the from the jump and it still was year three before he felt really comfortable then what's that look like for a guy coming in as a rookie now with all of this pressure on his shoulders jimmy's clapping that means we got to go to break
2: he was trying to get us with the break
1: we're going to come back Hey, you know one of the coolest golf tournaments in the world's going on uh in phoenix uh started today obviously and crazily enough at the same time the Super Bowl is going on this weekend and And the 16th green and uh, people going crazy and shouting and uh, we're going to talk with Will Haskett uh, who's a PGA tour radio guy a local guy indie guy makes his living in the golf world and uh, we'll kind of talk about some of that craziness when we come back on 93.5 107.5 the fan Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. Dane Fife. I'm Vince Welch, producer Jimmy Cook, and a big one for the number 1-ranked Purdue Boilermakers tonight. Purdue at home against Iowa. Big bounce-back game for the Boilers. How they respond after that loss at Indiana. The IU women's team ranked fourth in the country, playing Iowa at Assembly Hall tonight. Um, Pacers off tonight, back at it tomorrow against the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, if you've... uh, Just been out doing something else and haven't paid any attention to any social media, any radio, whatever, and you're an NBA fan at all. The Phoenix Suns, a big trade uh, landing, Kevin Durant. You probably have heard that. Pacers have been somewhat active. The trade deadline goes until 3 o'clock Eastern this afternoon, so we've got just under an hour, but the Pacers have reacquired George Hill. Uh, Also have gotten Serge Ibaka couple of guys that I think you're going to see uh, on the maybe the second unit, along with TJ McConnell. Uh, not a bad second unit. TJ McConnell, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Tice, maybe. Who? Daniel. Oh. The big fella?
2: The big hoss. Yeah.
1: I like him. He hasn't played, you know,
2: no, he's been healthy and strong. hasn't played much, Mork, but yeah. I like
1: what he brings. Uh, kind of that uh, the bouncer type. Yeah. You know, when you see the pictures of the celebrity, and then there's always kind of the, the big guy standing about seven or eight feet back. Right there. Yeah.
2: Guy's built like a linebacker. That's what Jimmy does. He could be. He looks mean. He's got that gruff look. Super Number Bowl.
1: 56. S- Super Bowl this weekend. Eagles and Chiefs. And not only is the Super Bowl, I mean, as if the Super Bowl doesn't make the Phoenix area crazy enough – the PGA Tour is there this weekend, and we bring on Will Haskett. And uh, Will, is it still the Waste Management Open? Do they still?
6: Or yes, is it, the way, it's the WM Phoenix Open. Uh, waste Management rebranded to WM in WM. the last couple of years because they do more than just manage waste, so they wanted to just differentiate themselves. So, <laughs> so when we do our show to be married together. <laughs> to a marketing professional, I just want to I want to put that out there. Uh, WM is where we go with it, and I will not be answering any more questions unless it comes with three future second-round draft picks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well,
1: we could uh, – that's kind of our gig here, waste management, isn't it?
6: Yeah. I think you we could
2: – that could be you and I.
6: It's <laughs> a new branded show. We're title. rebranding, Vince. <laughs> yeah, you Jimmy, you okay waste with that? Management. We'll leave WM to the tournament. There you go. Let's do that.
1: Well I- – you, I know you were at the PGA, uh, the pro am at Pebble Beach last week, and I want to talk to you about some of some bad celebrity amateur golfers in a minute. But um, sure. this this tournament in Phoenix, it became famous when the craziness on this par three what that's the 16th, right? Yes. What is it like? It, how did it come to pass that, you know, golf is this game where nobody's supposed to make any noise. And now all of a sudden at this tournament in Phoenix, people are shouting and taunting and throwing beers when it's a good shot. I mean, it's it's like crazy on the 16th green. What
6: was the change? Yeah, I, I think it really comes back to marketing. I mean, every single tournament looking for an edge. You know, some of them, maybe it's local tie-in and charitable dollars, which isn't the sexiest thing in the world, but in some of the communities where the PGA Tour goes, it really works. Like, I'm a huge fan of the John Deere Classic. You know, not the greatest field, but it's the single biggest fundraiser for the entire Quad Cities community up there. And I love it to death because those people show out every year because it means so much to the 2,500 charities that are doing things. On the other end of the spectrum, and don't get me wrong, the Thunderbirds out there who run this tournament are making millions and millions of dollars for charity as well at $10.50 a beer times $6 million or however many beers they're going to go through over the course of this week. But I think they they saw an opportunity with a really good golf course that landed itself to some good drama, a really, really strong golf area in Scottsdale. I mean, it is a golf capital of the world in terms of, Especially this time of year with snowbirds and everybody down there. And they sort of had this place of, and it's not the only tournament to do this. There are a few others I could cite that says, well, we can turn this into a party that also has a golf tournament going on at the same time. And again, with all of these tournaments being sort of independently run, like the PGA Tour, you know, is definitely has a hand in some of the things, but almost every PGA Tour tournament is run independently by an organization um, in that local community. And they're trying to maximize whatever they can do to get people in seats and sell tickets. And they've sort of taken this on. And again, if it was copied in 20 different places, I think the players would be like, all right, this is enough. But one time a year, it's really cool. And then this year, it's now a designated event. So we were guaranteed to have all of the top players on tour show up. So it's absolute madness. Oh, and by the way, the Super Bowl's in town.
1: And how do they get the players to buy into that? Because the players, you know, it's so much about, you know, they don't even like a camera clicking in while they're, you know, swinging their club. How do they get, to, uh, get the players to buy into this incredibly obnoxious atmosphere at 16 at this tournament?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. I, mean, I think there are a lot of guys that are probably there this year because now with, you know, with the PGA Tour battling against Liv and setting up this new sort of designated event schedule where we're guaranteed to see the top players play 15-plus times a year together, there are definitely some guys that are there who otherwise would probably keep the tournament off of their schedule just for the reasons that you mentioned. Like, they don't want the distraction. They don't want to deal with the crowds and the noise and the unpredictability that comes with that or getting hit in the head with a beer bottle. Although no more aluminum bottles this year, we've gone back to cups. So we won't have to worry about aluminum raining down on 16, which is nice. Uh, But I think a lot of the other guys embrace it. I, I think, you know, I would say a majority of golfers on the PGA tour are successful because they can eliminate a lot of the noise. Are they robotic? Yes. But there are some really good characters on the PGA tour as well. And so I think it really just kind of depends on, with each individual mindset and now with everybody being there this year i mean there are so many sports psychologists that are employed now at the highest levels of the pga tour there's probably conversations going on about how you can block out the noise or embrace the moment and try and channel that adrenaline into your best golf shot so uh, it's it's not perfect um for some but they learn how to deal at least for this one year but if it was 15 times a year that they had to do this i think a lot of players would say this is enough i've had enough of this
2: Will, Dane Fife how are you, man? Appreciate good you too. talking with yeah. us. Uh, I guess I didn't give you a chance to answer. Go ahead and answer. How are you again?
6: Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. I, God, I actually have this week God. off, so three straight weeks on tour, and then I'm back at it next week. Sick, so son of a gun. I, I, enj- I enjoy the fact that I don't have to work in this environment. It's a very hard place to go to, to work. got to be intense. <laughs> how, how did,
1: uh, ex- explain to us just the concept in general of golf on the radio.
6: Mm. Uh, it's If you love golf, it's great. We try and be very descriptive on PGA Tour Radio. If you have someone in your family that doesn't um, sleep very well and they don't like golf, then you can turn us on as well and we typically can help you <laughs> I'd agree that. with that. So sleep aid, either, I would agree with that. Yeah, either way you want to do it. Um, but I, I think we have a great product on PGA Tour Radio. It's, yeah. um, it's, it's like any other sport on the radio. You're just trying to paint as elaborate of a picture as possible. We call a lot of golf shots. We hop around a lot in our coverage every week and – we try and have as much fun and be as informative as possible, but I can also understand why some people would be like, "Whoa, really? Golf on the radio?" It's yeah. you know, it's it's golf. You gotta like golf,
2: yeah. And Will, what's your favorite part about this? Let's just fast forward to a hundred years from now, and you know, you're you're lying on your um, your golden perch there. What 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 is your favorite part about this whole thing? For, I'm a big I'm I'm a Jersey chaser, self proclaimed. I love. Jersey chasing, Um, I was excited coming back to Indiana. I got to meet some of these former greats, and it was awesome. And I, you know, I, I've never got a chance to meet Spieth, but I know his caddy Greller, Um, Lance Bennett, who worked with Kuchar. He's a big Spartan. Greller's a big Wolverine, so we got a little rivalry going there. But um, now that that's set aside, what, what is probably something that you? What is the thing that you enjoy most about your job besides the fact that maybe you love golf? You know what? I'm looking more from, like, the player or caddy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah.
6: I mean, I like the journeyman story. There are so many guys out there that are just like us. You know, guys that are when they're not playing are shuttling kids to school or, you know, FaceTiming at home to see their kids' basketball game or hockey game or whatever it is that they might be playing when they're not on the course. So especially now where I feel like the game has risen to such high levels, the Tiger sort of boom has produced, I think, this upper-level crust of players the elite players are so stinking good that the guys who are say 50th to 125th on the PGD tour every year are, are kind of anonymous they can walk in any grocery store and not be sort of recognized and I, I like that and i also like and this is not the only sport that i call or have called in my career i just i love seeing the closest that we can get to perfection so anytime you're in that round where a guy is just completely on a heater, like you're watching a guy who's made eight consecutive threes and you're just waiting for the heat check to continue and you feel like you're, you're part of something special. And Vince, you know this. I mean, we broadcast a lot of bad games and a lot of bad rounds and a lot of bad races in our life that are just like, holy cow, I get paid for this. This is great. I'm living my dream. And then there are other ones where it's like, oh, my gosh, like that was special. Mm. And I think any of us that are in play-by-play – are always just chasing that special sort of high when you leave in the adrenaline of what you just witnessed from human performance and achievement was something you didn't expect when you woke up in the day and you're inspired by that moving forward. So I guess it's a grandiose answer for you there, but that's, it that's was, what but we're always after in this you, business.
2: You got two guys in three guys in here on a heater right now. <laughs> we are we are at our best. We've reached the pinnacle and we are on a heater.
6: And and who is that guy right now, Will? It's Rom and Rory. they're head and shoulders above the rest. I think if, if the golf guys give us what we're supposed to have, it'd be the two of them down the stretch with, you know, a gallery that is absolutely lubricated beyond their minds. and it's just a back and forth. You know, RoM went to Arizona State. You know he's been very outspoken about not understanding why he's not number one in the world because he's been I think he's lost in total to like 15 guys in his last seven starts, including four wins around the world. And then Rory won his last time out in Dubai when he you know made a 15 footer to avoid a playoff with Patrick Reed, just sort of in in the midst of the drama that was going on with you know Reed flipping a tee at him on the range and this whole live sort of saga and Rory kind of being the face of the PGA tour and this righteous sort of movement forward in golf. And they're best, definitely the best two, And we haven't seen them together since they kind of went head to head in a tournament in South Carolina last fall when Rory got the best of, of ROM in that one. So um, we're hoping that we see, you know, them one and two on a leaderboard early in this season, but no one can sustain like Tiger would sustain in his career. So we have to take these guys in there Six month, eight month, maybe year long windows heater. of excellence. Yeah, and yeah, they're heater, and <laughs> and we don't get we don't get fifteen year heaters like we had from Tiger Woods. Like he spoiled us in terms of how we approach and watch superstardom in golf. Yeah.
1: What kind of guy is Rom? And then and I would ask the same about Rory. I mean, we know what kind of golfer they're. I mean, phenomenal. But what? Tell me about what kind of guy they are.
6: Yeah, must-watch press conferences. i put them probably on my Mount Rushmore of pressers that you have to watch from both of them. I think they provide incredible perspective. rom has got two young kids, his wife Kelly, and he'd have had two ch- children in the last two and a half, three years. So then he's added perspective as a father. Same thing with Rory, with little Poppy, his daughter. Um, so I like the fact – I love how I've seen their careers grow from total alpha competitive spirit guys to then understanding the bigger picture. and. I think Rom's a little bit misunderstood. You know, we see angry outbursts from him. I like that. I think he channels it well into his play. But both of them are, I mean, just the easiest guys to get along with. Wow. You know, like walk into a room, and they're not going to be the life of the party, but they're they're both uh, magnetic. I think they have an energy about them that just sort of attracts. Like you want to have a conversation. You want to learn from them. You want to you do something with them because you just feel like they have this great perspective. And both of them have sort of, Develop that through being in a spotlight from a very very young age. I mean, John Rahm finished fifth in this tournament when he was still a a um, a student at Arizona State and was like the highest finish by an AM in 15 years or something on the PGA Tour. We did it like six seven years ago, and Rory was chipping balls no a washing machine when he was five on TV. So it's not as if these guys haven't been in our consciousness from the very yeah. beginning. But the fact that they both arrived at a place where they have this just incredible perspective and maturity about them, and are also complete world beaters who. Ron wants to rip your throat out more than Rory does in the golf course, but Rory has has found a different gear the last year and a half. He's found a way to manage being a terror on the golf course and being a really, really good human off of the golf course, which is very difficult to do. It's hard to want to slit somebody's throat on the court or on the course and then get off of it and be – the nicest human being. It's just really difficult to do that. We saw Tiger struggle with those demons his entire sort of life, and he's certainly softened late in his career. And I think Rory's finally found his little sweet spot. So this might be the last stretch we get out of him because he's, he's getting quote unquote older um, his words, but uh, that perspective balance makes them two very intriguing people to me.
1: We're visiting with Will Haskett from the PGA Tour Radio. Will, give us your local background, because some that are listening may not be familiar with with you and your, your, your roots here in the city.
6: Have you, have you already told them I was your intern 20 years ago? Has that, has <laughs> left that, that out, out? Left it all is out? Our, is our office still around the corner there, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, born and raised here in Indy. Um, went to North Central, broad, started broadcasting there, went to Butler. Wow. Spent six years doing radio when Kristen Denary was still the play-by-play voice of Butler back in the day. and then Who
2: was the head coach at, well, at that time
6: in, in Yeah, basketball? so I started Barry's, my freshman wow. year was Barry's last, last year. And You're then older than I
2: thought, man.
6: Okay. Yeah, my sophomore year was the one sad year. So okay. now i sad back, which yep. is funny because there were a couple of bus rides there, you know, to a few games when it was, you know, Brad was the unpaid assistant, you know, for that wow. very short window in the summer. And then, yeah, I mean, Brad Stevens was the, you know, the third assistant. uh, Well, he's Dobo for a year and then the third assistant while I was starting out doing um, the radio stuff with Daenerys. So my senior class was the Joel Cornett, Brandon Miller. Upset IU at Conseco Fieldhouse class. Thank you. And we made the Sweet 16. Yeah, 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 it was a— you know, help was on the way. Remember that? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. That, that press conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, that was an insult that to me. Um, um, yeah. So we got out of got out of Butler, and then just really thankful that there have been some great people in this town um, that have done some amazing work in the in sort of the streaming world of things. And I've broadcast 14 different sports for the wow. NCAA over the last 15, 20 years. And awesome. but golf was always a part of my life. I grew up playing it. And actually, even worked in it when I got out of college to sort of pay for my broadcasting habit, as I like to say. And um, well, how did yeah. you do that?
2: Did, did um, you uh, make a few? Yeah, did you get pro. on a few heaters of your own there?
6: Yeah, no, I was an assistant pro at yeah. here in town, and then wow. we'd do basketball in the winter, and then. Finally, was able to take this thing full time um, 10, 15 years ago when the PGA Tour kind of yeah. came calling after and, a bunch of Andrew golf. You wrote a book, even
1: so. I mean, he, I he's he's elite, Dane. Yes. I mean, he's, he's he does not belong
2: in this show.
6: No, no. not on the waste he's, management. He's too accomplished. Not, a, not, not the on the waste, waste management,
2: management. <laughs> 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 midday show. Yes,
6: he's I've way too had accomplished. Here a couple of times, I came in and filled in a few times for the noon show back in the day. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, my roots run deep. It was after my sophomore year of college that I was the the then-WIBC intern. So, Vince, I think you had mornings, and then I was like Kevin Lee's um, producer in the afternoon. And I'll still never forget, and I have to bleep myself out, so Jimmy, get the dump button ready in case I don't bleep myself out effectively. But I'll never forget doing my first Indiana – what was the network, Vince? Like the Indiana Sports Network or whatever we had that we would do. Network Indiana? Network Indiana, Yeah. yeah. And I did an afternoon sports update. They let the intern do that a couple of times. And the first time I recorded one, I got done, and um, Joe Stazniak was sitting in the cubicle, and he goes, "That wasn't too bad, Effer." <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, "Well, no I think I've made it." Joe Stasniak is good with is yeah. good with it, so I'm yeah. good with it too. So. Effer, Effer,
2: Jimmy, can you yeah. translate?
6: <laughs> hey, you. Uh, speaking of speaking of efforts,
1: you did the pro am at Pebble Beach mm. last week. Who yeah. was a bad golf? Who was a bad celebrity golfer?
6: uh so my son was excited because i got to interview macklemore which was sort of oh, a geez. weird surreal moment that you know 12 years ago his stuff drops and i'm 30 yeah. and hadn't had my son yet and i was like this is so cool now used to dance to this to guy music. oh yeah, yeah and my son's getting into it but that's not a very good golf swing that was um not a lot of power not a lot of potential there but man he loves golf has a whole golf clothing line wow um I've never yeah, seen it you have any so gear I do not have any bogey boys stuff. Bogie uh, I boys. don't really think it fits my style at this stage of my life. I'd like to think I'm cool enough to pull it off. But I don't really think that's possible. So
1: if if Macklem, so use Macklemore as an example, not a good golfer, but he's there playing at the pro am at Pebble Beach and the pro, how often do they do they grow frustrated with the? I mean, because they're out there trying to make a living, right. and now they got this guy that's you know maybe they've heard of him, maybe they haven't, and he's hacking. And I mean, how does that play?
6: Yeah, it has to be the right pairing. I think if you're signing up for that tournament, and I think it is the reason why. In a lot of respects, that tournament struggles a little bit to get elite golfers there because they're like, because they just don't want to deal with it. Um, And that's kind of, it's weird now, right? The golfers have become more celebrity than 30, 40 years ago when the celebrities were really the driving force of why people would be interested in watching the sport. But I think, again, like we were talking about, who likes the energy at 16 or who doesn't to each their own. And in that pro-am, there's three courses going. There's 156 players, which means there's 156 AMs also. Wow. And the majority of them aren't celebrities. A lot of them are CEOs who are able to pay the 25 dollars $30,000 to play in the tournament. And a lot of the journeymen or the guys on tour, they'll form relationships, and then that becomes beneficial to them down the line. Next mm. thing you know, they've got... A logo on their sleeve they're getting sponsored here maybe they're doing a couple of you know sponsor interaction type of things with for corporate events and so for a lot of young guys or guys that are anywhere in their career if you get the right pairing you know you never know you 're with a fortune 500 ceo who then all of a sudden can help kind of bankroll some of the parts of your career so if you play it the right way it's just one week and you know, most of the players I talk to, you get done and they look around and like, I mean, if I can't sit here and pinch myself and look out at the ocean and I'm playing Pebble Beach and not realize that this is a pretty cool gig, then I've lost all perspective. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a good week, it's a unique week, just like this week is unique, and it and that tournament has its own sort of shtick. Hmm.
1: And how about this week? They're playing uh, in the same town that the Super Bowl. I mean, how crazy is that atmosphere? Is that more of a hassle for these guys or are many of them? I mean, obviously, the tournament's going on, and the Super Bowl's going on. Maybe they can bounce from KD's the end. in town, too. Yeah, maybe they can bounce from the end of the golf tournament over to yeah. the stadium for the game. I mean, is this a good thing for the guys on tour, or is it a great. pain in the butt? No, it's
6: an absolute great thing to have additional media yeah. eyes in town on that sport. Justin Thomas, I think, went to Media Day on Tuesday, was acting as like a PGA Tour quote-unquote correspondent and just started talking with people and sort of did the rounds as kind of an ambassador, but it also helps with his personal brand. Again, like if you are solely focused on competing, I can understand how you can make it a distraction, but if you really see the bigger picture and everything and your team is smart, you can leverage this week to do a number of great things. And it's one week, it's one week in a 40 plus week PGA tour season. There's plenty of just standalone regular golf tournaments to come the rest of the year. If you don't embrace it, then what are we really doing here? You know, I, I don't have, I just don't have patience a lot of times for the guys. Who are like, oh, I'm distracted. I'm like, well, you know what? Like, don't come. Like, <laughs> don't play. I mean, what what are you gonna do? Like, this is a big time first world problems for guys that can't figure out a way to turn this week into a special experience. You said
1: Rahm and Cor and uh, Rory were great to visit with. Who's somebody that's you got to do an interview with, and you're going, uh oh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, most of them went to
6: live, so thankfully. <laughs> I feel like he's guy. he's
2: had that answer prepared.
6: That's I, a it, that's a good it, response. You know, it's funny. We were talking about it last week. I mean, again, I don't want to turn this into a live versus the PGA Tour. Obviously, Go ahead, I've read it buttered by the PGA Tour, but it's Rory has said it. I think better than I have a lot of it. It's there's more to life than just money. And a lot of those guys took a massive paycheck, but and some of them did it for the right reasons. Like, again, this isn't a a blanket criticism of everybody that decided to go there. And there's a number of different things that I can poke holes through about that I think are flawed in the system, and we'll see how it ends up going long term. But I think a lot of the guys that went were the ones that had, in my opinion, unnecessary chips on their shoulders, that didn't feel like they were getting enough individualized attention that – the PGA Tour had too many players on it in the first place, and they needed a, a larger slice of the pie. And didn't really understand, you know, the sort of the trickle down economics of it all and how it works in professional golf. And they may be right; they may be entitled to that. But I think we can aspire to be better as people and as 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 professional athletes. And so I think a lot of those folks that felt like they were bigger than the sport or better than the sport. Um, took the paycheck, and I think that kind of shows who their what their true colors were. And, again, I don't have any fault individually with a lot of those decisions, but they were also the ones that were difficult to interview in the first place because, again, they kind of felt like they were above it and better than it and were sort of hypercritical. So, no, my life has gotten way easier in terms of difficult interviews since a number of characters have left for live.
2: Well, if it's not the WM golf tournament, what is what is one of your favorite tournament tournaments to cover? If it's not the if it's not sixteen, or you you know if it's not maybe it is Augusta or uh, maybe it's Ryder Cup. I, I don't know, but what are some of your favorite tournaments to cover that maybe the regular viewer wouldn't understand?
6: Yeah, I mean, I'll take the majors off the table. I mean, all the majors are unique and, yeah. and, and and important in their own sort of way. Um, I'll keep it midwestern. Memorial in over mm-hmm. in Columbus and okay. Dublin is just sensational. I mean, Muirfield Village is. As perfect of a piece of golf property as there is, Jack's always tinkering with it to make it better. It's big. It's grand. I don't think TV does it justice. kind of like Augusta. Until you get there, you're – I mean, it's a golf course that I don't feel like I belong on. Not to be working there, like, how would I even play it? Like, where the pros play it. We play a lot of tournaments on the PGA Tour where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I could go out here and play. And then you go to that one you look at the back tees and you're going, what – I mean, what – universe is this from? It's so great and so perfect. It's great crowds, passionate golf crowds, kind of got an old school vibe to it. Um, it's just a really fun tournament, and I think if anybody here in Indiana who's a huge golf fan has never been over there to do it, like find a way to just get yourself a day pass or even just a practice round pass and go over there and see that golf course. Mm-hmm. And it's always a great field. So that's always a special one to be able to hop in the car and have it be as close to a home game as possible um, as on the PGA tour. Like Vince, I mean, you had, you had the Brickyard but you actually, actually yeah. do home games. Like I don't get a home game on the PGA tour, which um, since crooked sticks out of the rotation for BMW now. So it's probably as close to a home game as I get.
5: And,
2: well, do you do you get to play any of these Sunday tees? Do you get to play any of these uh, golf golf courses when they're when they're, you know, before or after they've been prepared for one of these tour yeah, events?
6: I would say about two thirds of them are available to us on Mondays. The question is, you know, I've got a twelve year old and a seven year old and a wife who works way harder and better than I do in life, mm-hmm. so I'm typically out of there as quickly as possible to get mm-hmm. home and be the best father and husband that I can be. Um, but there're certain ones that, you know, I've certainly taken advantage of. And unfortunately they get a Monday finish this past week at Pebble, so I didn't get to uh. cross Pebble off of my mm. bucket list on Monday, but I did scurry up the road and play Pasa Tiempo, which mm-hmm. is an amazing course mm-hmm. um in Santa Cruz and was able to play that on Monday, which was another another one I wanted to do. The back nine of that golf course was absolutely insane. So um yeah, there's some some perks out there. The Hawaii trip at the beginning of the year is probably the one that makes the the most sense. You get stuck in Hawaii for 16 days, calling golf with a few days off. You get to bring your family. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... That a baby. You better. Yeah, you better. I mean... It, it happens so yeah, we're always, it happens i always said that the
1: golf tour would was a lot better than the racing tour because uh you know nobody wants to go to darlington south carolina very often but hawaii or pebble beach Yeah,
6: it's, it's a better
2: clientele yeah, though well, right? you got that yeah
1: well san
6: diego yeah. like yeah, the, yeah especially for an indiana guy you yeah. know the first three months of the year is pretty good so uh, you know riviera next week i'm hosting our coverage and then the Florida swing I'll be you know Honda players like all of those it's it's kind of nice to get away from the snow and and go see green grass we don't mm, have any snow good stuff
1: yeah um Will Haskett from PGA Tour Radio will promote the book uh hit the book before you and we let you go here
6: yeah thanks it's the science of golf um, I was approached actually by a publisher uh, Will Carroll who's based here in town wrote both the science of baseball and then co-wrote the science of football and the same, uh, the same publishing company approached me because of my golf background, and I'm into the, I'm into the analytics. I mean, it's a sport that has as much data as anything else, and so it was a pretty easy, in some fashion, to be able to write. But it's pretty much a 100 level um, view of all of the various scientific advancements of the game, especially in this sort of Tiger Woods era. So these guys now, their commitment to fitness, their commitment to psychology, the equipment strategy how the body moves it's absolutely insane what these guys are doing to try and be the best in the world so i sort of tell how golf works through the perspective of how the best players in the world try and maximize all of their talents and abilities so it's available on amazon barnes and noble anywhere online where books are sold the science of golf
1: But before we go what is a a golfer like the elite golfer so give us a rom or a rory what does his quote-unquote team consist of
6: Yeah, so he would have, I mean, obviously as an agent, uh, a manager, caddy is obviously a big component of it, a swing coach, so someone who's actually working with this particular swing. He'll have a physio, so someone who's his actual workout person who's putting him through workouts on a daily basis, and if he's not there, then giving him routines to do in the the, um, PGA Tour physio trailers when they're on the road. Um, Likely, he's probably got a sports psychologist on retainer, um, at his level, probably traveling with a chef or at least getting a chef when he's in town from a nutritional standpoint. Masseuse? Um, Maybe you masseuse? Know, a, yeah, I mean, you definitely. I mean, now the PGA Tour has those. Okay. So there's always the physio person at every single tour event to do massages in the locker room so you can get those, um, get stretched out beforehand. I mean, those guys are there two and a half hours before their tee time, you know, about 45 minutes of stretching, maybe a workout beforehand, (laughs) and then an hour of actual warm-up and practice. Uh, Yeah, and then all the equipment guys. So whoever their equipment deals are with, you know, you go to a PGA Tour event, and it's semi-truck after semi-truck after semi-truck at the beginning of the week, and it's all of the manufacturers, and there are guys in there with every single shaft and head combination that you could have. And so they're getting feedback from those guys on the range with all their launch monitors and everything that they have to see what's going on. And they can tinker clubs on the spot and build things to specificity uh, the week of. So, I mean, that's another component of it is how much these guys are using the data from the launch monitors with their swing coaches and walk into these trailers and dial in. You know, the, the wedges might be different. If the grass is cut a little bit tighter this week, they'll change the bounce Jeez. on their wedges, or they'll mm-hmm. maybe take a 58 degree wedge out and put a 56 degree wedge in because they they feel like they're going to need those shots a little bit more. So, um, oh, a stats analyst. They got somebody that's, you know, advanced looking at the golf course and breaking down their stats every week to tell them where they need to improve and how they should, where they should hit tee shots and where they should lay up and where they should go for it. So, I mean, I could go on and on, wow. but the top guys probably have. Eight, ten, maybe even a dozen people on the payroll now. Wow, jeez, that's incredible. Hmm.
1: Good yep. insight, Will. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, I appreciate Will. It. That was a good chat. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Enjoy all right, buddy. Today. Yep. Uh, yeah, I did too. That was good. Uh, He's I, awesome. I love it when I learn. You know, you learn something, and that was that was interesting. Uh, good stuff from Will Will great. Haskett, PGA Tour Radio, and and what a great local story. Yeah. Um, North Central High School, Butler, etc., and and all the things. It, a lot of hidden gems you know, in our community, whether it's a restaurant or, uh, you know, a a museum or, you know, a place to go hear live music, whatever the case, but but people, too. And uh, I think Will's one of those. Uh, It was good. Um, Dane Fife. I'm Vince Welch. Uh, This is 93.51075 The Fan.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
2: There you have it. There's your guy, Eric Church. Not exactly what I requested, but Jimmy, I love that. That was beautiful. Eric Church. I'm here for you, coach. He's the best. Apparently not here enough. Mr. You know, misunderstood, Jimmy. That was my request. The
1: uh, the the musical artists that are the big sports fans too. I mean, yeah. it's you know you forget sometimes these you know when they you see them as these huge celebrities you, you forget. I mean, they were kids. They grew up yeah. as a kid. They weren't a huge celebrity when they were kids. So they loved you know as Eric Church loved North Carolina. You know, loves the Tar Heels or you know whatever it is baseball team or football team basketball yeah. whatever it is that you love hockey it, it doesn't matter i mean and then you get to be an adult and just because you're a big time celebrity doesn't mean you don't still
2: no follow and support your, and yeah. love these teams yeah that's just your uh that's just your day job you know your normal job is you are you're like will, J- will Haskett just said you're a dad yeah you're a you're a son you're a sports fan you know, a lot of the country singers now not necessarily old older country singers but the new ones now they were they were athletes themselves yeah and uh that's probably not what this sh- show is is looking to hear but uh you know what country singers are sports fans but um you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they talk about the country singers now involve sports and their own trials and tribulations through sports aside from the beer drinking and the the girl that's what the well, there's a great and I'm
1: I'm drawing a blank on on uh on what her name is that sings it, but there's a song called Tennessee Orange out on the Country Music Channel, and it's all about um, this girl who grew up, her family was Georgia fan, grew up in Ah, Athens, you know, they're big Georgia. Uh, Mom, don't tell dad, but I've met this guy, (laughs) and he's got blue eyes, and he treats me great, and he opens the door for me, but... He has a Tennessee. Top. He has a Tennessee hat on his dash yes, that, sings and I top. wore it to the game. You know, and uh, no, it's not Athens, but you know, she fell for him under the kneeling lights. You know, which yeah. is, uh, but it's it kind of intertwined mm-hmm. the football uh, love that uh, that so many people have, especially in in the South in the and South, Southeast yeah. Conference,
2: SEC country.
1: Yep. Um, trade deadline NBA. Twenty minutes left. Uh, the Pacers have been somewhat active. Uh, have reacquired. George Hill, uh, 36 years old, former Pacer. And uh, Serge Ibaka, 33 years old, and uh, three second-round draft picks. Uh, Jordan Nuora has come as well, 24-year-old, 6'8", 225. So three new players, Nuora, Hill, and Ibaka. Uh, Goga Batati has uh, been waived, Uh, so that frees Goga's Money
3: in that same vein, uh, um, Jake Fisher of Yahoo much. Sports reports that it's expected he's being told the Pacers are expected to waive Terry Taylor to clear roster space from Indiana's deal with Milwaukee. But again, in order for a trade to happen, all parties have to be sending something. There's still no report of what the Pacers are sending in this
1: package deal, uh, involving the, the Bucks, which is interesting because most of the other pieces of the puzzle have been have been put out there they needed to
3: clear two more roster spots so taylor brings them down to one to take into the acquiring players they're getting but again no reports of what they're sending on their end and jimmy's not happy about it
2: he needs to be the first one he goga's gonna get some goga's
1: gonna land somewhere and and play i think i mean i think he can you know he can give he wasn't getting the time here but i think he can help a team terry taylor i think so (laughs) Jimmy Jimmy not he, he doesn't he doesn't agree with Goga you don't d- agree no, with Goga I mean, I mean
3: he'll I think he'll probably land somewhere somebody yeah. will see his Jimmy, size don't be and they can to disagree work him, with him. but That's no I, I if you Just were to, if you were to make her. me pick of Taylor or Goga who I expect to be in the league next year I would pick Taylor no
1: I, I think Taylor's going to play too but I think Goga there's a place when you're that size. I think there's a place for you yeah, in the yeah. league. Stand there and be big. You may not play a lot, Tell but there how you is feel, a place. Jimmy. Don't be I, afraid said, to. No, I don't disagree with that. Tell him how you feel.
2: I don't
3: disagree with that. Don't be afraid to Goga, offend me, Jimmy. Goga
2: severely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's already said he's, he's Goga
3: severely old to do disappointed. Anything. Many Pacers fans, that whole range of picks from 2017 to 2019 yeah. by the Pacers yeah. is a is a dark cloud that I'm I'm ready to be behind. <laughs> yeah. Like Goga, Godspeed. I hope the basketball <laughs> life continues to work out for you, but it's not here in Indiana. I'm sorry.
1: It doesn't always work out in the place in which you are.
2: I agree with that.
1: Yeah, and Most sometimes you need runners. to go to another place. And even no matter what the pick you were, especially if. You know, if you're if you're a first round pick, uh, obviously there's a lot more attention placed on you. But sometimes it's just not the
2: right place and the right time. This could be the dumbest statement of the year, so please tell me. But I'd say it's only February. Most so it's early. Yeah, we got time. We got time. Most first rounders don't end up playing their best with the team they're drafted by. Now we'll have to look that up and do. Jimmy will light me up tomorrow. I know he'll be happy to do it. But there's no question. That in my mind, that most first rounders end up better players for different teams than they're originally drafted. By.
1: You know, it's always interesting when you go back and you know when you look at a a guy like first round pick and you say and you say, oh, would well, they selected him um, fifth? For instance. Mm-hmm. And they say, Well, look at these other guys that they didn't pick, they passed on that turned out to be so much better. I mean, it's such a crapshoot, man. It is. I mean, it is such a crapshoot as to what that player yeah. is going to turn out to be unless he's seven at four. your place. Unless uh very you few, stand there I mean, and be very tall. few. Right? Do you think Edie has got an NBA career? I do. Because
2: and, and there seems to be some doubt about that. I know. I think just because the way the NBA is played right now in basketball. It's not a played, down on the
1: block. No. You know, The big man's got to no. step out like Miles but, and shoot the three.
2: Hey, I'll, let me run this by you. Either it's college basketball and Zach Edie's dominating it. Yeah. And Purdue and Matt Painter is willing to find a way to make it work. And he is, and he's killing it. So if you can find the right NBA coach that's willing to make it work, they will.
1: Matt Painter hopes Zach Eadie kills it again tonight. Uh, number one Purdue plays at home against Iowa. We'll recap our day and we'll get Jimmy's picks for the day as well when we come back. 935 5, The Fan.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you
1: good to be with you on this thursday and uh, dane fife and i'll be back with you
2: tomorrow looking oh, forward to that man. noon to three that's going to be a time the waste if, management if radio. jimmy has it has us back i don't know if jimmy will come back tomorrow <laughs> jimmy's gonna to call in sick <laughs> with
3: those Jim guys took a roasting Thank today <laughs> don't give me any ideas uh. <laughs>
1: Uh, Looking forward to Purdue and Iowa tonight, uh, the number one ranked Boilermakers. See how they bounce back from that uh, loss uh, to Indiana. I anticipate, and I I liked the cut we played for Matt Painter a little bit earlier about uh, the fact they've, you know. You run into those roadblocks, but how you respond to them is really what speaks to your growth and where you are as a team. And we'll see that on display tonight at Mackey Arena, Purdue and Iowa. The IU women's team ranked fourth in the country at home tonight against the uh, iowa hawkeyes as well and uh maybe terry morin tomorrow are you still waiting to hear back we're, from her i mean i know she's it. got a game tonight but yeah. can she you know return your call yeah, i mean, I mean should my goodness a text
2: back yeah we're you know, working on it i think know. we're <laughs> i think if all goes well the night the way it should we'll be just fine we'll have coach morin on tomorrow she'll be probably a little tired but she'll be she'll be ready to talk some hoops and roast jimmy with us we'll look
1: forward to that um Pacers trade deadline, about 10 minutes left. Uh, I'm guessing we've probably seen the, uh, the bulk of what we're going to see from the teams around the league, unless they are mad scrambling here to finalize in the final yeah. 10 minutes. Of course, the biggest move, Kevin Durant traded to Phoenix, uh, that Lakers-Jazz Timberwolves uh, trade Mike Conley Jr., who, of course, Indianapolis native, uh, now to Minneapolis uh, to play with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, we saw Eric Gordon, a former IU player, traded from Houston to the Clippers, which I think he'd been with the Clippers once before as, in, early in, in his pro, uniform, pro, yep. pro career. Uh, Pacers get George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Nuora, uh and three second-round draft picks. What they've had to give up exactly hasn't been announced yet, so we'll look forward to hearing that. Probably uh, JMV will have more on that Johnny, after three o'clock. Johnny JMV baby. And uh, what are we missing? Anything else? Good to have Seth Greenberg on talking about. Uh, he's got the uh, Purdue Iowa game today with, tonight on. You want to hear the uh, Seth ESPN? We, we talked about that. What? What? what give us the Seth Greenberg impression.
2: Oh, you call me old? What do you call me old for? I mean, I, I, I go to Dockets, Dawkins dock, is nothing but nice to me. You call me old? I'm mad. <laughs>
1: Well, I thought couch, uh, couch, I couch, thought couch, I thought you uh, were going to go here, more to uh, him trying to order the uh, Jersey Mike's number six.
2: Hang on a sec, I, I'm trying to get a number six. They don't, they won't they give me a number six here in La West Lafayette. Did they not know what a number six is at Jersey Mike's? It's just roast beef. I mean, you guys don't have any roast beef. <laughs> couch, couch, Help me out here, couch.
1: Uh, enjoyed visiting with Will Haskett. Hope you caught that. If you're a, especially if you're a golf uh, fan or player, you uh, certainly enjoyed the conversation with Will from PGA Tour Radio. And uh, good stuff. Uh, the local uh, who's doing good things on the national level with the PGA Tour Radio. And how about Jimmy with today's
6: picks? The Jay Cook plays of the day. This is me. All right. I'm
3: not an athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. Too much going on in the NBA with the deadline to make plays there. So we're going to keep it simple tonight. We're playing Iowa and Purdue. We're taking the big fella, Zach Eady, over 25 and a half total points against the Hawkeyes. Also going to lay the eight statement win for the Boilermakers tonight against Iowa. 101 yesterday, 4-2 and two on the week. Plays on Twitter, at the J. Cook.
1: So Purdue's favored by eight? That is correct. And you're saying Purdue will cover? Yep. And Eady is uh, 25 and a half, and you'll say he's 26 or better? Yep.
2: That's it in a nutshell. You like those, today? I love it. I love it. I love Jimmy. Love you too, Coach. Thank you. Four and two on the week, are you? Four and two on the week.
1: I mean, I got to believe in the gambling world. and I'm not a big gambler, but I got to believe in the gambling world. If you if you got that kind of percentage going, things are going all right. It's pretty good, yeah, this Jimmy. Is
3: a, this is a good week for me. Right? Currently, we're usually about 500. So if I can get over 500, I'm, I'm, I'm content with that. Jimmy, and is we're that we're...
1: the way it works in the gambling world is if you're no, over 500, I'm, I'm 500 sure, you're okay. I'm or sure people want to be
3: well- well, in the green, but but for Blackjack. a lot of people, a lot of pundits, you go and actually look at their records. Yeah, it's about five hundred, sometimes worse, sometimes better, wow. just depends.
1: I mean, cause obviously, it depends on how big the bet is. Yep. As to yeah. you know whether you know if you bet big and lose versus bet small and win, then but I still like above five hundred would yeah. like my
2: odds at that situation. Jimmy, where are you at with the Super Bowl? Have we talked about that? I know that who you're rooting for based on the, I think he's going with the Eagles. jersey that you wear literally every day. But where are you at on the Super in
3: Bowl? In terms of betting it? Yeah, well, is the yeah. line
1: still like a yeah, one it's, and it's a half? A, it's basically okay, a pick. But
3: yeah, I mean, it's, some, that half matters to some people. But yeah, it's still Philadelphia by a point but and a half it, is where it's different. If right you now.
2: know the game and know who's good, then yep. and you know who you think is going to win, you can't just have your blind loyalty and go in and pick the Chiefs because... You're a super fan.
3: Yeah, you're right. I, I can't do that. Unfortunately, uh, my Chiefs fandom is too well known for anything I say not to be played with bias. I think it's going to be a great game. Do I think Kansas City is going to win? Yes, I do. Short version of that answer: is We don't have a lot of time. Is that this is the best offense Philadelphia has played all year? How do they do against it? That's my question.
1: And will you bet the game? Oh or, yeah. Yes. Or, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will. Because some people, if that's their team, yeah, they, they don't like to. Yeah, they don't want well, to not bet it. Jimmy.
3: That's yeah. smarter folks than I. I. I shouldn't, but I will. Who you
1: like?
2: Just because Jimmy likes Chiefs, I like
3: the you go Eagles. with the Eagles, then don't you? <laughs> sure. I mean
1: that's just
2: natural, right? I just think that the the mantra of it's just the toughness that that Philadelphia had. Just the Eagle Philadelphia Eagles are just tougher. They're going to win because they're tougher, Jimmy. Yeah, Andy Reid's soft is what I heard there. I did not say that. I that's just think the Philadelphia. <laughs> he might be. He might be a little soft. Yeah. You hear that, Andy?
1: Don't do that. To Big are, you, Red. are you talking about? Are you talking about when you? kind of poke him poke him he's soft or well, i'm you speaking think with conviction i think Andy Reid's soft <laughs> i don't think so i like andy green vince is i think Reed. he's got some grit to him hey i take a lock of that mustache i'll tell you <laughs> hey it's been fun i hope you've enjoyed it spending a little time with us uh dane fife i'm vince welch uh, thanks to jimmy cook for keeping us on the rails you've been listening to 93.5 107.5 the fan